tried that Travis Scott burger recently? <laughs> Cactus Jack sent me. Oh, God, I fucking hate Rob's McDonald's. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'd like, a, I'd like a Cactus Jack meal, and it's like a stupid 11-year-old with fucking Tim's and just like the stupid, like, stereotypical, I'm rich white guy that is just really stupid and unknowing of how dumb I look in this stupid, like, dangly clothing. You know the uh, you know the 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 shit post Instagram accounts. Yeah, the best memes you can ever get are on Instagram, and they're the shit post accounts. The, no, the best and, like uh, the thing is memes are shit post. Yeah, like well, if you look spe- at something okay. that is above I'm a talking, shit post, that's not a meme. No, 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 no. no. I'm talking specifically about like a shit post meme. Like, yeah, there are very specific ones. What like and, uh, um, like fucking X. Uh, whatever, like put insert name here, drop me now. This name here is my best friend, and it's like really <laughs> shitty, some stupid like, shit. Yeah, or colors. it's like deep fried. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's like deep fried. There you go. Well, um, there is a there is like a video. Uh, it, it was like a, a security camera of a McDonald's, and it was like the drive through, and you just see a guy pull up. Whatever she, uh, he gives the lady like five bucks. Uh, the lady opens up the register. And just and hears. Wee! I think he pulls out. <laughs> I think he pulls out like a gun or something. Okay. I think, or, 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 and this, okay, yeah. I'm I think sorry. he pulls out a gun, or he 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 tells like whatever. He tells the lady something. The lady like, the lady uh uh <laughs> runs, and he just grabs all the cash in the register and all the cash underneath, and you just see the caption: "Cactus Jack sent me." <laughs> oh fuck! Okay, I didn't expect that. I was I I love the ones where it's just like you open up any sort of crevice, any sort of box, and you just hear like the opening th- uh theme of um what's that fucking song that he's famous for i completely forgot the fucking there's a lot that one uh out like a light like a light oh like a light fucking um (laughs) astro world fucking uh sickle mode fickle mode yeah sickle mode there you go yeah yeah no i'm asking because i tried the stupid fucking burger the other day because uh, I look, I I literally was I was so f- I was super bad. hungry. It, it I'll, I'll get to that. I, it was super bad. <laughs> like it, I was no sorry, <laughs> I was super fucking hungry on like it a was Monday. Super bad. <laughs> oh wait, no. <laughs> I was I was super hungry on a Monday, and I had some cash on me, and I looked at the I, I looked at this the sounds, menu. What? <laughs> this sounds, this sounds like a manuscript. <laughs> like. <laughs> like <laughs> like that's just sounds just sounds like the title of your life story. Yeah. <laughs> I was hungry on a Monday. <laughs> <laughs> I could just I see like the fucking guy in the typewriter, just like <laughs> envisioning us, like you know, like in the Peanuts cartoons, like they have the, like the little um, uh, thinking cloud, and it's just a guy eating a Travis Scott burger. But whatever, I I I went into the drive-through and I'm like I I'll get something that's cheap, and I looked at the dra- uh I looked at the ad for the Travis Scott meal. I don't know what it's called. I, they call it the Travis Scott you, meal. Some of them call the it Cactus, Cactus Jack, Jack meal or something. Yeah, probably. some some bullshit. And I saw the price: six bucks for a burger, a a soda, and medium fries with barbecue sauce. And I'm like, okay, that's actually a pretty good deal for six bucks. And I asked, I felt embarrassed asking the lady in the drive-through because <laughs> I'm like, I I literally as I was talking, I. Stop myself, and I'm like, oh, fuck. And I said, hey, uh, hi, excuse me. Uh, can I get the, oh, fuck, the Travis Scott? And the lady. The Travis Scott. Yeah, the lady was asking me, yeah, the lady was asking me, like, oh, okay, uh, what size, all this stuff. And I'm like, and it, it came with a medium Sprite, specifically a Sprite. And I'm thinking, well, I don't want to get a Sprite. I, 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 I have my water right here. I'd rather just not have, you know, more money tacked onto it, you know, because I 
just to have another drink there that I'm not going to have. And I ask her, hey, uh, can I not have the can I have the meal without the uh, without the Sprite? And I think she was supposed to say, like, you can't have the meal without the drink. But she said you can't have the meal without the Sprite. And I started laughing <laughs> because that sounded like the stupidest fucking like rule set. It was very. <laughs> you Travis have to was have very the Sprite. About the sprite. You yeah. have to have the Sprite. You must have your Sprite and your quarter pounder that has like three fucking extra pickles for some reason. And it's just literally a quarter pounder that's just greasier than normal. And you, you pull up to the drive-thru. <laughs> Hi, welcome to McDonald's. How can I help you? You know what I'm here for. <laughs> exactly. All right, pull through. Just go right in. I, just go right I, in. Window one. I don't even care anymore. And they just fucking th- <laughs> they throw they deck the fucking bag at you. But American nerds, hey, welcome. Hey, how y'all doing? So anyway, the Travis Scott meal. Cactus I tried Jack it. sent us. It was fine. Cactus Jack is he? He? I guess he sent me, but. I don't. I don't care about Travis. I, I, Not that I, I don't care. Look, I couldn't care mm. about like his stuff aside from his music. I don't care Not for that the I fact that like there's a fucking McDonald's promotion and that there's so much hype for a McDonald's promotion. You know. Uh, well, uh, okay. Like I think that okay. The, just the fact that there is a McDonald's promotion is just like 400 clap points because that's pretty awesome. Um, and Look, like that's cool for him, but McDonald's it's just meal. like that whole fan base is so fucking annoying to me. No, yeah, they're all fuck. No, yeah, they're all like freshmen, like freshman high schoolers yeah. with like curly top, curly top, and like 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 off brand um, supreme undercut, <laughs> undercut fades. Yeah, Louis Vuitton it's, it's bags cool that have like the Louis Vuitton logo like upside down or like backwards. It's not that so I don't like, like L instead of <laughs> LV. It's not that I don't like Travis Scott or like because he does make pretty good music. He does. I just is I don't know. It like the idea of Travis Scott is a frustrating. It's not the idea of Travis Scott. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It's just like I, like I kind of got into Travis Scott like I guess like earlier back in high school when um, Days Before Rodeo came out. That was like his big like mixtape. Is that and, that and big? Was that that one with the song uh, at the night show or something like that? Um, you know what I'm talking no. about. No, you know I'm pretty sure that's, that was on rodeo. It was on rodeo because there oh, was okay. like yeah, there was like days before rodeo, rodeo, and then days after rodeo. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, know, like a, I don't know it by albums. I just know it by songs. And yeah, like I'm not the biggest Travis thing. Scott guy, but he's he, he's pretty cool, I guess, and he has like his own burger. So, I just yeah, find it. Uh, it's also that. really funny that like people are trying to buy. Like they're selling merchandise off of this by giving like the, the, the uniforms, the uniforms, but literally with a Cactus Jack logo on the side. And they're going up for like seventy bucks, and I'm like, who spends that much fucking money for a McDonald's There's people, like, there's people pulling up to McDonald's and literally stealing the posters off the window. There's no re- why. That say the, why that, that that says cactus to sell on eBay. But like, why that doesn't ma- I, that's so stupid to me. You Dude, know, clout like clout reselling look, is a big market, like the promo especially material? on Facebook. Especially something like on Facebook or something. Uh, yeah. Like, the, like just like thing like selling like Supreme and just like anything that's like clout related. But like, that's Supreme. Fucking, like, that's a clothing. Even brand. like kandamas. Yeah. You know those kandamas? Like those uh those uh like it's like a stick with a bar and a string, and then you're just like doing you know. Oh, uh, ball in a cup. Tricks with it. Not ball in a cup, okay. but it's a kandama. Yeah, it's it's the like it's a whole thing, and then like um it's like a big thing in the BMX community. Like in the BMX community, that that's just like a like like um like a huge thing. And Adam Twenty Two, he like incorporated that. It's like his whole brand for like no jumper. So like now that's a big like like clop thing. There's like a market for that. Like custom. There's I think there's Supreme Kandamas as well. It's just I don't know. man, like 
clout make merchandise your money, is just so funny to me. Like, I hey, make your money, man. Yeah, Looking. but like, you know, if you really want to, if you're so desperate to get a fucking McDonald's uniform, just buy it off of Goodwill for like five bucks and then just sew a Cactus Jack logo on the side. Boom. You have it. It would actually look pretty cool. It would be pretty cool. And It'd be it, a pretty would be, good, nice it, look, it yeah. wouldn't be a waste of 70 fucking dollars. For a McDonald's yeah. uniform. I just find that ridiculous. Anyway. We got, hey, we got trailers. Yes. Well, I'm Raul. You're Victor. We have some trailers to talk about. And then uh, yeah. ev- <laughs> this this uh, this episode's brought to you by the thought of regret. Because <laughs> we'll be talking about <laughs> Synecdoche, New York in just a few. But before that, let's start off with the same docket. Our news stuff. And we have trailers. What's the first Starting trailer with we're the talking trailers. with? Uh, t- uh, what's well, the first trailer uh, we're talking about? <laughs> Well, it's interesting that you brought up that theme of regret because uh, we we regret uh, we regret something very particular with this trailer. Um, it's the first trailer for the uh, Aaron Moorhead and Justin Benson film. Uh, We've talked about some of their stuff on the, yeah. uh, on the show before. Resolution. We're big fans. I pretty good. I'm a huge. They're pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm a huge fan. I I, I love their films. Uh, Resolution, Spring, uh, The Endless. They've made fantastic films. Um, the great indie directors, and this is like, I wouldn't say. I'd say that this, so far this has been their biggest film that they've made in terms of uh, actors. It's starring Anthony, yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. Starring uh, Anthony Mackie and um, Jamie Dornan from the yeah, Fifty Shades Dornan. of Grey films. Yeah, yeah, um, and okay. So basically, why we regret this is because we had the uh, we had uh, the opportunity to go watch Synchronic a few months ago. Yeah, during um, the Miami like a, Film Festival, early. it was yeah, back it was, in, it, was like, <laughs> it literally like was it even. This year, I want to say it was probably like end of December or like close to like the holiday season. You know, I w- I I, I kind of think it was like the beginning of, of this year, but I don't know, maybe somewhere around there. But it yeah. was definitely from like long away from a point where we would think this movie would be released like super soon. And obviously this was before, you know, COVID hit. But, you know, we look at this trailer now and yeah, I wish I could have seen it back then when we had that opportunity. It was like one. This looks fantastic. Too. It looks really nice. I'm really excited uh, by this. Yeah, dude. Like it. Basically, what it's about. It's about. Uh, I'm giving you the IMDb uh, synopsis. Uh, two New Orleans para- uh, paramedics. Uh, pa- paramedics. Sorry, I was about to say parademics for some reason. <laughs> uh, lives are ri- la- lives. Jesus Christ. Uh, lives are ripped apart after they encounter a series of horrific deaths linked to a designer drug with bizarre otherworldly effects. And that drug, the being drug is called. That- Oh yeah, it's called Synchronic, and yeah, Anthony Mackie takes it in this trailer, and basically, yeah, she he just goes back in time, right? There's like a he woolly mammoth. It, like, there's a fucking caveman. Yeah, okay. So <laughs> there's a set piece like, from the like, endless. <laughs> it, it looks like Anthony Mackie is kind of like hooked on this drug that like they're also simultaneously like trying to like uh, like chase down who's like the supplier and seller, um, and through the drug use. It looks like they, yeah, he like goes through time or like different dimensions and like, and and just and experiences just different things. And but like physically, he's still in in the real world. Mentally, his consciousness is being sent into different realities. Uh, Jesus, did Charlie Kaufman write yeah. this fucking movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like Justin Benson, Air Moorhead. They're they're, I, I'd say like their biggest. Um, their biggest consistent style between their films is the idea of uh, cosmic horror, and they're very much inspired by like Lovecraft, uh, especially if you've seen like their other films. 
uh, and this is obviously no exception. This seems to be like a modern uh, Lovecraftian horror film. Uh, Which I was kind of surprised by, honestly, because I was expecting, at least from the synopsis and that one picture that we had for like months from the film, I was expecting that it would just be like, yeah. yeah, I was expecting it to just be like this really dark procedural, but I guess not. And I'm still like, it's not upsetting at all to me. I think that's oh, no, so interesting and it great. looks really, really nice. Yeah, dude, like this this trailer definitely like it shows off like their growth as filmmakers. Yeah. Especially compared to like what they did before. Like I, I guess one of the biggest complaints for me, like like with their films was that like those their films were extremely cheap. They were very cheap looking and they they like um, I would say Endless is the one that like started to not look that biggest way. Biggest budget. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, biggest budget definitely, but but it's still there. You could definitely tell like they're under like shoestring budgets. Oh yeah. Um and that's why they play with shadows that, and like <laughs> yeah. just like pure darkness a lot in their movies. Not that that like holds them back at all because because they're able to like work with what they got in like in great ways, mm-hmm. but I really like I, I really enjoy the fact that they that they're working with a a a, a wider budget and they have uh they have the facilities to like act, to actually get some star power behind this and possibly like make a bigger name for themselves. I know they uh, recently directed uh, uh, episode of the Twilight Zone. Yeah, for um, season two, I haven't I haven't checked it out because I honestly haven't had any interest in going back to Twilight Zone. But yeah. I heard that that episode it, was good. I well, I'm trying to remember who was the star. It's, of it's it. the episode. Um, it, it's the episode uh, eight. It's starring uh, Joe Joe McHale. That's it. Okay. Joe McHale, yeah, huh. um, yeah, dude, uh, they're like they really are fantastic filmmakers. I, I really, I really am excited. It's always exci- It's always exciting to see filmmakers that you've been following for years, like finally, like get like the 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 boot they needed. You know, the little yeah. kick. It's just a shame and that like they're gonna be putting this movie still in the middle of a pandemic. Even like, and yeah. they have explicitly said, "Hey, please don't watch your movie in the theater if you don't yeah. have to." <laughs> which yeah. hey no it's a responsible thing to say and it's it, 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 it sucks because you know obviously they want to have it in the best way possible but you know that's we had not the opportunity decision. to yeah and we had the opportunity to but hey you know let's hope people watch it safely let's hope that this you know i hope the movie's good i'm sure it will be that's not oh, my, yeah. that's not my biggest concern honestly at the end I would, of the day i would love to see this movie in theaters but if they were to drop it on, on demand i'd on go for that I, yeah, yeah yeah you know it's you know, I, I just want people to see this movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, Synchronic looks good. Yeah. Uh, see it in your theater, I guess, maybe. They're opening up again, but, uh, you know, don't be stupid. <laughs> yeah. Also, just, you know, like, let's see. You know, I don't know. I, I, I don't trust that many <laughs> theaters that much. So, go with caution, I guess. There was a new trailer for the next five episodes of Primal coming up in a few weeks on Adult Swim. So yeah, is you this, um, you haven't caught up on this still yet, right? Not yet. Okay. This is um, this isn't season two. This is part two of season one. Yeah, yeah. So right? that was the initial plan. Was uh, the initial plan was just to release the first five the first five episodes uh once per night um uh, that first week that they were showing it, and apparently it worked out pretty well for them to you know change it up a bit and have it play on the block every sunday night starting with this new episode coming up uh which is a but it got renewed for for season two which is good news already for this yeah yeah but this is not season two this is just the remainder of the first season but yeah it looks just like what i expected it to be 
Which is just as good. Yeah, it's it's just as fucking wacky and crazy as you would expect it with what is it? It's I, there was they showed off one episode in their April Fools block and I was able to catch it. It was called the Plague of Madness, which was basically a bunch of stegosaurus are just chilling and drinking water from like this little lake. But then the lake is contaminated with like some dead like bacteria, some fucked up viral activity. Some flesh eating shit. Yeah, and they basically turn into zombies and you're basically nice. dealt with like a ginormous homicidal stegosaurus that just kills <laughs> a bunch of fucking other stegosauruses and then eventually crosses paths with uh, Spear and Fang. That's the name of the two characters. The caveman and the uh, T-Rex? It's not a T-Rex. What's a dick? I think it... Well, like a mini T-Rex? I don't know. They look. It looks like a T-Rex, but it's a dinosaur. That's for sure. And they're just Every beating the day. shit out of people and, you know, surviving. What? Every day that we don't have a Genny Tardavosky, uh Star Wars uh, remaster animated show. <laughs> a proper remaster. It's a crime against humanity. Uh, hey. I, uh, I don't care uh, if it's not I'm even not fucking be... canon anymore. Like, why can't we just have that, like, released in HD? I'm not... Uh, le- yeah, I, know. I don't like, understand like, that logic. Like, well, I, I would love to see, like, a Genny Tardavosky sequel series to, you know... Um, the Star Wars, like, new canon, because I thought his rendition of just the Star Wars universe is one of the best we've ever had. And, uh, yeah, it's not canon anymore, technically. Some parts are, technically. No, but it's, it's still... Tech, like, they haven't officially talked about it, but I think there is one instance in that second half where uh, the timeline isn't just, like, isn't synced up anymore. And that's, like, more... Th- that's more so confirmed from the final couple episodes from Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It it's just it's weird to me because it's like you have the legends they're already out there you know you're putting a fucking label that's saying it's not important to your main story why can you do the same with this show that is like literally resonated with so many people in their childhood my, mine included it's the only reason why I like the prequels aside from three kind of but that's kind of like a weird uh, thing where my brain kind of goes dumb but whatever Primal looks great uh, you should catch up on that it's there. They're really you could literally just drop yourself into any episode and you'd be fine. <laughs> it's that type of Samurai Jack thing where it's kind of like an anthology. Mm-hmm. It's really nice. It's I want to so get Samurai Jack on Blu-ray again. It went on, it went down well, on Amazon. It. Yeah, it went down on Amazon for like a pretty good price, like sixty bucks. It was like that box set too with like that big Aku face. Actually, it's forty three bucks right now. Ah shit. Oh. oh wait, no, no, sixteen. Never mind. Oh, damn. Oh. Forty-three bucks for the uh, standard edition for a foreign a foreign version. Oh okay. Hey, if it's region yeah. free, <laughs> maybe. Uh, but yeah, that one's fun. We got a we got a trailer for Mandalorian season two. Why do you sound so dead when you say that? <laughs> okay, no, all right, no, never mind. I didn't mean it like that because I think I did think the trailer was cool, but yeah. I'm just like. It's nothing special. Yeah, I was just like, it's fine. Sasha Banks is cool. That's that's awesome that she's there. Yeah. Uh, there's another weird-looking alien guy that sounds like John Favreau. That's also from A New Hope. That's in one of these episodes, and yeah, it's like right. a boxing fight. And then like a quarter of the trailer is cut to black because all you just hear are sound effects of blasters going off and people just going. Ah, ugh, as just it fucking kills dead. everybody. Yeah. yeah. And then you have Baby Yoda being a cute little you know uh, piece, piece of, of imagery mm-hmm. yeah that 
The one thing, uh, cool. the one thing I noticed is like now that they, now that the show's been like finally been released, they don't have to hold back Baby Yoda, so they're just putting him front and center and everything. Yeah, because they know <laughs> like any normie will watch it just because it has this cute little green baby thing. And look, and, and, and I'm being hypocritical about it because yeah, I'm gonna watch it anyway because it's Star Wars, and I did like the show. Yeah, I, 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 I guess I'm just like. I guess I'm tired. just. I'm, I guess I'm still like fatigued from Star Wars. That like I look at this tired, trailer. Yeah. And I'm, yeah, I'm still tired from it. And I look at it and I'm like, yeah, sure, I could deal with this in October. And I'm like, this is all cool. But the little whatever. shot where the little shot where where Baby Yoda just like presses the button and just shields himself. Yeah, cool. In the little pod. Yeah, cool. He, wow, that baby's <laughs> smart. Awesome. <laughs> he's like a thousand fucking years old, and he's the same species as Yoda. I would not expect him to be an idiot. So, you know, that's nice to know. <laughs> uh, We're going to deal with his origin story, I guess, which is like, I don't even really want it. But let's yeah. see. Ahsoka's a part of the season. Boba Fett's a part of the season. We don't see them yet. But it's a lot of... Uh, what is it, we, uh, we get some teases of Rex, Tatooine right? in this. The rumor is that Rex is going to show up, but I don't know. I, I actually Tamar don't Tamar Morrison know. Is, is officially part of the cast, so... Well, he could play double duty on it, and they, they just give him, like, a giant white beard. <laughs> just like age I mean, him yeah. up a, a lot. Yeah, that could be cool. I honestly, they don't even have to show both the well. I I don't expect him to show Boba Fett without the armor, but like they could just keep like this is just, he he just keeps the the white beard for Rex and then voices Boba. There Some is the a proof, shot. You know? There's a like a really really quick shot of like a bantha walking. I think it's a bantha walking. Um, and you see like the jetpack and in a Mandalorian type helmet on the side of its like giant pouch. So, like, mm-hmm. people were speculating that that's Boba and that uh, he's just, like, living, you know, like, a, a new identity or something like that. Or he's in hiding. I don't know. Timothy Oliphant is supposed to play, like, a sheriff in in uh, in Tatooine. So, Hello, Timothy Oliphant. Yeah. And, lo- yeah, makes sense. I guess he's played, a, he's played a sheriff, like, what, twice now in his career? Like, two of the most important roles of his life have been a sheriff, right? Justified and then Deadwood before that. And then he also played a cowboy in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, yeah, that too. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cool. October 30th. That's going to happen whether I like it or not. And <laughs> I'm fine with it. I, I'm honestly being too sour on it for no reason. But Yeah, yeah it really I, does sound like you, you, you really <laughs> just don't, wanted to die. I just it's fucking fine. hate Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. No, it looks fine. You know, it looks yeah. okay. Uh, the Trial of the yeah. Chicago 7. The new Aaron Sorkin flick. It's coming out on Netflix. I don't even know what's the date Flick. for this. Yeah. Flix. Netflix. Yeah. Oh, October 16th yeah. of this year. Yeah. This is his follow-up to uh, Molly's Game, which I heard is actually really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, never, okay. you haven't seen Molly's Game, have you? No. No? Okay. I heard it's a really yeah, good it, uh, like Michael Sarah role, even though it's a cameo. But yeah, this is... I based, heard... Um, what happened? I, 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 oh. I heard like... The, I don't know if if it's that film or a different film. There's a character that Aaron Sorkin wrote once that's based off Tobey Maguire. Really? And like his gambling addiction, yeah. Because you know, like Tobey Maguire had like a really yeah, bad gambling yeah, addiction for a while, right? This. Yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently, there's a character in, in a film that Aaron Sorkin wrote or something where that he's based off Tobey Maguire. So I mean, that could have been Molly's Game because Molly's Game deals with a lot of poker and I gambling. It could be that. I know. I think it's. I I don't I don't think it's Michael Sarah because he plays himself in the movie, which I find really funny. <laughs> it's just like the idea that he plays himself in like more than one film at this point of his career. I just find that fun, but I have no idea. 
this this film in particular, though, it's based off the infamous 1969 trial of seven defendants that were charged by the federal government with conspiracy arising from the countercultural protests in Chicago at the 1968 Democratic National Convention. And this has a st- stacked ass cast, which like I'm looking at Google here and it's not even done. I'm going to just list it off. So Sasha Baron Cohen, he plays the lead, I assume, as Abby Hoffman. Who just kind of sounds like Spike like, Spiegel? Yeah, he, he has Spike Spiegel hair, and he has like the most plain American accent. Spike Spiegel hair. He's tall, skinny. He has the nose. Yeah, looks like, he looks like Spike. <laughs> Who are you with on that <laughs> night? Uh, I was with my wife, and he's just like the long, furry ass. Hair. Oh, it's <laughs> it's super weird to get used to because all I just see is all I see is Borat and Freddie Mercury. But uh, yeah, he's in this. Eddie it's Redmayne. good. You like. I like. You like. It's, we like. It's good, yeah. <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Mark Rylance, Jeremy Playing Strong. Edward Snowden. Yeah. <laughs> he plays Richard Schultz. I don't know. I, I don't know any of the real life people in this, but yeah, yeah. he he plays Richard Schultz. Uh, Mark Rylance, Willie, uh, Jeremy Strong, Yaya Abdul-Mateen II, who just won an Emmy for Watchmen right now. But we'll get to yeah, that next week. Yeah, shout out to our boy. Damn right. <laughs> shout out to Watchmen. Shout out to Yaya. We'll shout talk out to about everybody that. Watchmen because they're winning big. Yeah, 11 <laughs> Emmys so far. Uh, but yeah, we'll leave that for next week because it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot to process yeah. for this week. Uh, Alex Sharp, Michael Keaton, Frank Langella, and uh, well, William Hurt, and John Carroll Lynch, and Thomas Middleditch from Silicon Valley. Huh. Oh shit! Nice. Yeah. Let's see, he's getting work. I mean, yeah, the ca- the cast is pretty stacked. The trailer looks okay. Like, th- th- doesn't really that doesn't really look that interesting. But then again, the Molly's Game trailer wasn't really that interesting either. I heard Aaron it w- Sorkin films they they're hard to market. They're because, hard to market, again, it, it, but he's a great writer. So like, you know what to get yeah, into yeah. from that. Oh, and Seth Rogen's in this too. He plays no, Seth so Rogen. Nice. He just looks like Seth nice. Rogen with like a bandana. Yeah. Yeah, when he plays Steve Wozniak, didn't he even try with Steve. Would he even try making him look like Steve Wozniak? It was just Seth Rogen. Yeah, I find <laughs> that really hair. funny. <laughs> <laughs> he was, re- you know what? He was really good as Steve Wozniak though in that um, Steve Jobs movie. He was good in the movie. I don't know about him being good as Steve Wozniak, but he was good in the movie. No, yeah, I'm saying <laughs> like his performance in it was pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I really good. liked him yeah. in that. And what would you expect from an Aaron Sorkin script? I, w- I just yeah. wish it was directed by Fincher, but hey, Danny Boyle did a good job. A, fi- a Fincher, Christian Bale, Steve Jobs film. I think we could have had. Was that always the case? Because I thought it was Fast. I think Bender it was the case from the I beginning. Could, no, I think no, 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 no. Fincher wanted uh, Christian Bale, hmm. and then uh, Fincher left. Boyle came on board, and then Christian Bale left. He you know, said he 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 quoted saying he wasn't right for the part, all, which is bullshit. That, that's crazy. <laughs> all that from marketing. You know, he left just because of that, right? What? De- uh, David Fincher left the director's chair for Steve Jobs because he wanted his own hand in the marketing for the film. Yeah. And Sony, he, uh, and Sony yeah, declined actually. it. Cause they, actually. Because yeah, he yeah, wanted no. to do the same thing with Dragon Tattoo by having a poster that would literally cut people as they would put the, uh, the frame, the poster um, in the theater marquees. Because like, act- he wanted the posters to actually be made out of like sharp steel at the edges it's so cool it's fucking it's, so, it's cool fucking but like what the fuck so does that cool. mean why um yeah no i i actually remember hearing about that uh, a while ago um he had wanted to um he had wanted to uh he wanted a bigger budget he wanted uh, like a good portion of the revenue he wanted a hand in the marketing he wanted basically just like a hand in every single aspect like uh, of the film which is david fincher like completely completely understand understandable but uh also comes with uh 
the fact that uh, David Fincher movies, not that they're not that they don't make a lot of money. Gone Girl did make a lot of money when, when it came out. Yeah. They they didn't make the most money, and I guess around the time where when they were trying to film when when they were trying to make that, I guess Sony didn't want to Sony didn't want to give it to him. Well, this is Sony, around the Sony, time they were like in a bad spot too because of those hacks, right? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I think that was I I think the hacks were I think the hacks were a little later down the line. Um, but yeah, Sony and David Fincher never really had the greatest relationship to begin with, so. <laughs> Um, hey, but he's doing. That's Mank. why he's on Netflix. Yeah. yeah, that's why he's on Netflix. So. Steve Jobs came out in 2015, so it must. It would have been the Danny Boyle Steve Jobs came around 2015, so it might have been around that time. At Probably least when like he was still attached. Oh yeah, there's that yeah. Ashton Kutcher Steve Jobs movie. Is that good? I've seen that movie. Is yeah. it good? It's it, well, uh, it's not good. Okay, it's, it, it, it's not a good movie. Uh, Ashton Kutcher's pretty good in it. Um, he's like not the greatest actor, but like you could tell he actually gave a shit. You know. He tried very hard. I'd say, I'd say, in terms of, in terms of like authenticity, I think Ashton Kutcher pulled it off more than Fassbender did. Oh, really? But, Fa- but yeah, but Fassbender was definitely like the better performance, you know. Uh, no, I, I really like uh, Fassbender as a, uh, like honestly, my favorite Fassbender roles are the ones where he's just like super super weird. So which is why yeah. like my favorite performance, like Frank. In him. Yeah, Frank. Yeah, that's yeah. my go-to. For those of you who don't know what Frank is. It's a movie where he literally, for most of the movie, is the star of an alternative rock band that he has this, like, ginormous um, styrofoam head that looks like a like a weird paper mache doll, and he wears it imagine for the entire like a, movie. Imagine, like, a Funko of a Pee Wee Herman. Yeah. But, like, as paper mache. And it's kind of, like, like, stretched like... widely. So, like, you would, like, grab <laughs> the ears of the Funko Pee Wee Herman and just, like, stretch it, like... Uh, and he kept it on all the time. It's crazy. Kept it on all the time. Yeah, Based yeah, on a real yeah. person too, Frank Rockbottom or something like that. Something like that. Yeah. I I, I genuinely think probably Fassbender's best performance is some is something like uh, have you ever seen Shame? I I've wanted to. I've I've heard it's really good. Yeah, that's a uh, that's Steve McQueen. Yeah, um, and it's ginormous. Of, uh, it's ginormous dick, right? That's the movie with <laughs> Fassbender's huge cock. Yeah, Fassbender. He plays a he plays a, a like a sex addict, porn addict. Yeah, uh, and it's really shameful. Uh, Hence the but name. it's uh, but no, it's a it's a fucking amazing performance. He's Fassbender. Like I for for a while, people consider him some like one of the greatest actors of his generation, which he is hundred percent. I think he's but honestly, I, th- I think he's one of the most underrated one because he doesn't get like put up in that much conversation. He's never been broken. He's never broken out like that. Well, no, I think he has with like because people in, know him no. as Magneto in that sense. I know, but not not even not even in the same capacity as like as like someone like Chris Evans or like Chris Pratt. You know, he never. Oh really, no, not in that really level. But like it's in a, it's up there. It's just not in the. He, it's just always kind of like, for me, like it's kind of like an afterthought, at some points. Like I kind of think about him like after the fact when we're talking about you know say if we're talking about like good superhero performances or good actors. You know, like he's I'd, there, wait, but like, I'd, I'd forget. Oh sometimes. no, I'd argue, I'd argue his Magneto's like one of the best, if not yeah. like one of the best villain performances. I, 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 like, I was about to get in there for a second, but I just met like great actors living today, like in general. Like I would think about him, but I wouldn't necessarily like put him on the top of my head for some reason. You know, sure. And that's not like sure, a, sure. That, that's not a detriment to like his his career. Or what I think of his stuff, it's just like that's just how it just I how, see just it how right it is. Now. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Watch Michael Fassbender listens to this podcast. 
just wants to fuck. We love you, buddy. Us. I love you, no, Frank. No, what the hell? What the hell? <laughs> I'm fucking with you, bro. I'm fucking with you, bro. There's like, there's like, all right, all right. I'm always, I'm always terrified when, like, <laughs> well, when terrified. someone wants to murder you. <laughs> no, well, yeah, obviously. But if like someone like listens to if someone like if like a like a big actor like somebody in the industry that can give me an opportunity like listens to like the show and like let's say like we we, we were like name drop somebody like years <laughs> like years ago, you know. <laughs> It's like, oh yeah, like, uh, oh yeah, well, um, all this shit you were talking about, J.J. Abrams, you know, <laughs> or or Steven Spielberg or something, you know. <laughs> like, but uh, then there's people that we just gassed up to you? a point. Don't put me into this thing like that, huh? Because we both Wait, do that. You you just say what? you. Are you saying like? Uh, I hope you mean we in that instance. No, I mean okay. this in like the hypothetical like okay, scenario. Okay. All right. I th- I meant this in like <laughs> no no no. I meant this in the scenario where I am talking to I am me. I am talking I am, to a person. I am JJ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah no no I, no bro. I'm the one getting fucked here. <laughs> Not you, me. <laughs> no, th- but, uh, you know. Look, it, I I the thing is the way we go about it. We never really. I, at least I hope, you know, nobody ever gets the intention that we're being, like, super serious about, you know, like, the critiques that we give about people, you know? Sometimes just, we are. Sometimes we are, and it's for, like, and it would have to make sense, um, you know, with the context of it. But, like, you know, nobody, we're never like, oh, fuck this person just for, you know, saying fuck this person. You know? No, I mean, admittedly, admittedly, in, like, in the past, I feel like I've, like, like jumped the gun on certain scenarios or, like and, like, certain people. Um, like in, in whether it be in the industry or just like in, in like different aspects, not just in film, like in just different in different things, and like I like look back at that and I'm just like, yeah, you know, I just shouldn't be shouldn't be like shouldn't be saying fuck J J Abrams, like you know, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> out of like <laughs> you know, whenever I'm upset about a Star Wars film or something, because yeah, obviously I don't mean it. I don't mean it in like the hey, I fucking hate you, you piece of shit. But that's the it's thing. More I, I just, mean, like I've known you for it's a, a long, podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's a podcast at the end of the day it's, it's, it's a podcast it's as disposable as a podcast can get actually but. very specific this is not just a podcast this is a show yeah <laughs> we we are frauds this is an act yeah. <laughs> i don't i don't necessarily uh, agree with that no no but yeah. <laughs> no obviously we're not <laughs> i think i'm real but yeah no uh everyone ta- is everyone no, yeah quick yeah, everyone is every- oh fucking it we'll get there uh quick tangent on that because like you know th- that's the thing we it, it it never it never comes from a place of malice. Like I've known you long enough to know that like if you say or if I say a fuck JJ Abrams thing, it's not like we actually mean it. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, no. If I ever meet JJ Abrams, I'll fucking melt. Yeah. I, I'd fucking freak out. I'd start shaking. Like, oh my god, are you kidding me? <laughs> like something like that? Yeah. No, and it's not like we're just you know. If, if it will come, if it comes out that way, that's not our intention. You know, it's just like, it's kind of like the same way where I kind of see it as like, and I'm not comparing or I'm not saying we're fucking Red Litter Media here or anything, but it's like how Red Litter Media makes fun of Macaulay Culkin. And you know what happened then? Macaulay Culkin came as part of, like, he's like a guest star in a bunch of their episodes now. And they're good buddies. I fucking love, I fucking love Red Litter Media. They're so funny. But yeah, it's not, it's like, it, it, you know, (laughs) for people who want to know, just to clarify, you know, because I know this from Victor and Victor knows this from me. Yeah, we never come from a place of malice when we talk about, you know, like, people or anything like that. Sometimes. Maybe it gets communist. Look, like, when it comes to, like, Vince McMahon, kind of. Or, like, yeah, when it comes to communists or Harvey Weinstein and, like, people who are actual pieces of shit. Yeah, that's a place of malice. <laughs> actual, but, like, vi- actual real villains. <laughs> yeah. But, like, look, I, 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 we're, we both agree that Rise of Skywalker is not a good movie. But, hey, that's not the same thing as saying, you know, like, fuck J.J. Abrams for, like, ruining Star Wars or whatever. Because he didn't. 
You know, that's just a stupid like exaggeration. Well, maybe he did. Well, maybe he did. No, maybe. I'd, I'd say Disney did. But then, then again, ha- then again, I'm putting myself into the that everywhere. Club by saying yeah, fuck Disney exactly. in that sense. But then again, exactly, we have Disney <laughs> makes some poor decisions in their in their part, and they have some we have poor no choices proper of credentials. Politics, and I find that we have no proper credentials to talk about these these kinds of things. Yeah. <laughs> hey, good thing we're Americans, right? <laughs> American nerds. <laughs> American yeah. nerds. Free speech. Yeah. <laughs> it works. I Free think. Free speech is great, ain't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ma- Ma- okay. This is. <laughs> all right. I'm gonna <laughs> to go- tie that. To tie hear- that with trial of the Chicago Seven. Free speech. Want to hear? <laughs> Want to hear another crazy conspiracy theory? What? <laughs> the conspiracy theory that Justin Trudeau is Fidel Castro's son. <laughs> no, I've never heard this. I've never heard of this. You're fucking kidding me. <laughs> That's a big yeah yeah. If you guys want to get into a rabbit hole, uh, Google Google search that. Just Justin Trudeau, Fidel Castro. That's hilarious. You can also uh, <laughs> you can also search up Justin Trudeau Halloween party. And you'll find oh some. God, you'll find cool. some funny <laughs> shit. <laughs> Justin Trudeau is the prime minister of Canada. You know what's the best thing about like I listen to Castle Super Beast and those are two like straight up Quebecers. They're like straight up live lived in Quebec and I think like I think Willie lived in uh, Grenada for a while. I think as part of his childhood. But him and Pat are like like pure blood Canadians, and they would talk about the Trudeau stuff. And it's just like it's like seeing two people just like hearing that their friend is like a fucking Nazi or something. That's a that's an exaggeration. Or just hearing that their friend did something really really stupid. You know. Like, it's so fucking funny and sad to hear. Because it's like, he, it, it's literally like hearing the sound of somebody's heart breaking. You know? God. Oh, yeah. Man. But yeah, that's it for that trailer. Let's talk about the WandaVision <laughs> thing. <laughs> Let's talk about yeah, WandaVision, WandaVision, which just dropped like a few minutes ago. And Looks holy fantastic. fuck. Yeah, I d- damn it. I, I'm back into this shit again. I'm back into this Marvel bullshit. <laughs> It looks really good. It um, does look really good, actually. I, yeah, I, I, it's, to be it's, safe for real here. <laughs> it's the uh, it's the next Disney Plus show. No, uh, no, the, to... the the first Marvel Disney Plus show because Falcon and Winter Soldier ain't coming out soon. Yeah, that's true. That, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. But, yeah, <laughs> but um, that well, sorry, that's the next Disney Plus show to get a to get a new trailer, and uh, we got uh, more information about uh, when it's releasing and everything. Sometime. And just ch- oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, finish. No, no. Yeah, w- when's it coming? Well, no, the report that I've been hearing, and this was before the trailer came out, because it was released in part of, um, it, it was released as part of the Disney, one of those recent Disney Plus trailers of like, what's coming this year? And all that shit. <laughs> and you see WandaVision <laughs> as part of it, and I'm like, oh, well, wow, so it's actually, it has a date for this year. And the Do you remember rumor, the announcer What Disney XD? Do you remember the announcer for Disney XD? <laughs> yeah, I just realized. <laughs> what's coming out this holiday season? <laughs> We're now back to Amazing Spider-Man. Choo, choo. Fucking... <laughs> Let's get, let's tune back to kicking it. <laughs> they're just screaming off the top of their lungs, but they're like crying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it, the rumor is that it's supposed to come out around like sometime after November. So this mm-hmm. could be this is definitely going to be our follow up to Mandalorian when that ends its second season, and probably I, I assume it's probably going to be a Christmas show, maybe. That that's that's the rumor I'm thinking. That's the seems like a good. That's time the assumption it. I'll make right now for it. Yeah, it seems like a, it seems like a like a reasonable time frame for this. And to boy, come out. it um, looks it looks just as appropriately trippy as they hyped it up to be. And I'm actually oh, really happy. I'm ha- I'm happy that they're actually that they actually mean what they say with this. It you looks know what this really feels like? weird. I love it. What this feels like that um uh those that episode of Mr. Robot. Yeah, yeah. There's a fucking tweet that I found right under the official thing for this, where it's like it's the MCU version of that Mr. Robot episode. 
the yeah, the one with Alf I'm... that we watched together. <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically, yeah. This uh, this um, basically, like the premise of the show is like it looks like Vision and like Wanda are caught in some weird like television reality where they live like both in the fifties, like in the in, in like different time, like periods. a Leave It to Beaver style sitcom with the mom yeah. from Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah, and and and, uh, and apparently Vision is in purgatory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, so. So okay, you know <laughs> I, I I have some clues about this because this is th- there's definitely some uh, big interesting comic book shit that I picked up from watching this. I wouldn't say that they're trapped in any sort of way because knowing like uh, Scarlet Witch, she's the character. She's literally the type of character to have at times gone so insane and had such an enormous mental breakdown that she just changes reality house of m is literally the result of her having a mental breakdown because of her kids dying and then she literally remade the whole entire world oh kids that's an interesting interesting thing for you to mention well yeah because they they, you see it in that promo too uh from like back in the super bowl but yeah they have kids in this new reality where they're in this um whether when they're where they're trapped together in this uh sort of like uh, sitcoms thing but I don't know if there is necessarily trapped or like Wanda just did this to try to like hold on to the memory of Vision or something like that or you know bring her bring him back. Which well, technically yeah. he's a robot so you could just you know you know build him. <laughs> yeah, but he has a soul because of the uh, of the of the, the stone. The soul stone, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Um I that could be that that could be a case of where maybe like she's just literally just going crazy and like, this is just like a figment of her imagination. Um it, that that could be that that could be a a part of it. Um, I I just do find it weird how like he literally just asked the person where am I? It's like am I dead? It's like why why'd you ask that? It's like because you're dead. You know like that's oh yeah that's that's another thing. Catherine Hahn's character. Um, uh, it's funny because I and it's funny because I read Tom King's Vision like a little before this because I was expecting the show to take some inspiration from it. I wouldn't be surprised if that how was is that? Thing. It's pretty. It's a really good miniseries. I talked about it on the show before, but yeah, I really like it. Yeah. And I heard that, and Tom King's been teasing that he's been writing something for television, so I wouldn't be surprised if he actually wrote some episodes of this series, because it looks like it's very heavily inspired by that. But regardless, um, there's a thing, the uh, Catherine Hahn's character in this, I they haven't officially said it, but I'm going to assume that she is uh, Scarlet Witch's mentor, or Scarlet Witch's, like, somebody from Scarlet Witch's past, who, um, it's weird, they have some sort of family tree. She is di- like Catherine Hahn's character. I, if the, she is who I think she is, she's directly related to Wanda, like like um, as a blood relative, whether that's like her mm. aunt or her like grandma or something like that. She's related to her directly, which is why she also has that witch costume, and it could be just some cheeky way of saying, "Hey, I'm an evil witch" or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And do you think they're like, um... honestly? I I love it because it reminds me of like how Legion would go bonkers with shit. <laughs> when yeah, like right? stuff would go wild and it was just like oh here's a bollywood dance number here's vision and wanda in uh, their classic costumes in a shitty halloween themed episode <laughs> walking down leave the it street. to vision like, yeah leave it to vision yeah. and then there here's them doing an 80s dance and then here's uh here's paul here's paul bettany as john goodman from roseanne like, um, <laughs> it's fucking funny to me do you think um with like um with you mentioning like uh her uh having a possible like blood relation to to Wanda do you think that do you think that eventually in some time period Magneto will ever come into play in in Wanda's heritage definitely 
Because the thing is, yeah, because she's the type of she literally is able to just rewrite her own reality, not only herself, herself, um, her own, but like you know the reality of literally the entire universe. So she could literally just possibility. She could literally go insane for like a minute and just make a dad, (laughs) and it just happens to be Magneto. I mean, yeah, there's, there's, I mean, there's also the possibility of. uh, isn't uh, Doctor Strange may or may not make an appearance here? Because this is supposed to directly tie to uh, Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, this could be the case too. I I I wouldn't be surprised if he shows up in this. We have like other MCU people. Yeah, there's other MCU people in this. Like Kat Dennings is back uh, as the girl from Thor. That yeah, Darcy. That's her name. Yeah, she's okay. Yeah. Um, the, love Kat Dennings. Don't, yeah, no, I love, I, I love her too. She's great, but you know, I don't care for those, her in those Thor movies. But um, Monica Rambeau, this is another actress playing her. But the little girl from Captain Marvel, she's uh, the, the, she, the, there's an adult version of her in this. So I assume this is also going to be present day, maybe post End Game. I assume. And I mean, uh, I assume Randall Park is back yeah. in this from um, he's playing Jimmy Wong. He so he's reprising his role yeah. from Ant Man and the Wasp. I don't think you see him in that trailer, but you definitely see like some FBI type people like looking outside and you could see somebody like flying out of a force field or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a teaser right now, but I am pretty excited by how like, you know, dedicated they're going to like try to put this aesthetic with these characters. No, yeah, I- I'm glad that they're actually going for something for, for something completely different. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I'm I- yeah. fuck, man. I'm excited again. Damn it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, more more Marvel stuff got announced, right? Yeah. So uh, this is just a quick um, wrap up of some like of actually a bunch of things that are tied to like the new Disney Plus series. So Miss Marvel got a pair of directors for the, her upcoming uh, MCU outing in a Disney Plus show sometime soon. It's gonna be the I'm gonna get the names right now, but it was revealed my bo- to be my my former bosses. Yeah, your former <laughs> bosses, the two directors behind Bad Boys for Life. Uh, Shireen, uh, uh Chinoy, and oh no, that's another person. Sorry, um, sorry, Adil L R B and Bilal Fa- uh, Fala. That's the two directors from Bad Boys for Life. They're directing some episodes of the series alongside two-time Oscar winner Charmin Obaid Chinoy and Mira Menon. So yeah, interesting. Yeah, I I don't really know that much about miss marvel like the series in this case but i don't know much about the character I'm excited about it. kamala khan's fun she's really nice and i like I, I i i've liked her appearances in some of the other like mcu not mcu but um marvel like cartoons that she's shown up in I've, i know her from the comics obviously but she I've been comes looking... from uh she comes from a muslim background right yeah yeah she's of muslim descent and her her origin story is basically she she exposes herself uh, to Terrigen Mist and she becomes an Inhuman and she gets mm. the power to basically uh, she Lo- just has stretchy Luffy. powers and she <laughs> could turn herself big. Literally One Piece. Like. Yeah, no, she is. Yeah, she's Luffy. Yeah, she's literally yeah. Luffy. She's really good in. Uh, I I haven't been playing it, but I've seen some clips of the campaign because I'm not going to put my money into that. But I I've been seeing some clips of her in yeah. that Avengers game and she's pretty good in that. She, she, I, I like, I like what they did with her character in that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's gonna be interesting. Uh, Tatiana Maslany got cast as She-Hulk for the upcoming yeah. Disney Plus series. Yeah, I, I, I know you haven't seen that Perry Mason show, but that's literally, I think that's the only thing I've seen of her <laughs> aside from Orphan Black. I've seen some other stuff. I, I've seen yeah, some episodes of Orphan Black, but You've she's seen a pretty Orphan good Black, actress. Yeah. yeah, she's pretty good. She definitely has range because in Orphan Black, she's literally playing like six different versions of herself. 
Mm-hmm. And um, she she plays like this cult uh, church leader in that Perry Mason, in that first season of Perry Mason. And she was pretty good in that. You know, it was very much a supporting role, but her as Jennifer Walters sounds like it's going to be really fun. Like, I think that's pretty good casting. I hadn't, I wasn't thinking about it immediately, but sometimes, the, like, sometimes the unexpected choice always ends up probably, you know, being the best one. And I, I apparently mean, that's, that, uh, that's the case in this. That's, I, I, honestly, I, I've always preferred just uh, getting just the, the random choice other than the, the, the fan cast decision, you know? Well, sometimes I, a fan cast can work, you know? Yeah, obviously, but like... Like, look at Sam you know, Jackson. That's literally Mark Millar writing a story where he's like, I want Sam Jackson to be Nick Fury because I like sure, watching Sam Jackson. Sure, but something like... But, like, as cool as something like, let's say, Brian Cranston as James, Gor- James Gordon would be, you know, Jeffrey Wright sounds a lot cooler. You know? Oh, yeah, no, for sure, for sure. And Brian yeah. Cranston already got his shot to play, you know, Brian, uh, Brian Cranston. He, he already got his shot to play Jim Gordon. And he did a pretty good job yeah. with that. He's literally the best part of that whole movie. <laughs> I rewatched it again recently when they were showing it on Toonami. And, mm-hmm. you know, I still like it. That's still a good movie. We, Fuck, we talked about it not too long ago. Yeah, we talked about it a few <laughs> months ago. But, like, man, I don't care for that Batman voice. <laughs> yeah, dude, it really doesn't work. Uh, Batman Kids, he's, he's an all right actor. but like, he's Yeah, no, he's, he's good voice. in Gotham. I like him in Gotham a lot. But he just doesn't. That Batman voice just comes off of, like, a little bit too samey for me it's yeah. it's it's like stereotypical i'm graveled and my parents are dead voice you know thank god that's not what we got with pattinson <laughs> oh yeah no it sounds it just sounds like robert pattinson to me it's better than his tenant accent I'm be, I'm <laughs> what be, do you mean this is actual <laughs> accent <laughs> that's how he actually sounds like what are you talking about <laughs> i'm just gonna throw some teases here and there for tenant because i know you haven't seen it yet and we're gonna talk about it together um maybe next week sometime soon i don't know but uh mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> just a little tease of what to expect from. Alright, shut up, shut up, stop talking, yeah. stop talking. Falcon and the Winter Soldier <laughs> resumes filming, and that was the last little Marvel tidbit there. Nothing it's nothing special. They're back filming. That's nice to know. That was originally supposed to be the first Disney Plus show, but it's nice to know Disney's making It's nice to know Disney's making more money again. Yeah. <laughs> they've always have been. So like <laughs> And apparently Mulan was a success on Disney Plus. And yeah, was cool. It? Good for them. They apparently it made a lot of money. I haven't looked at the actual data for that. Chumps. Yeah, my 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 account was literally about to get charged to fucking watch Mulan because my, my cousin calls me, we we I, I we share accounts and she calls me at like twelve in the twelve in the morning on Thursday, and yeah she calls me at midnight. Why the fuck did I say twelve in the morning? She calls me at midnight on Thursday and she's like, "Hey, uh, what's your cash app? I want to watch Mulan." I'm like, I wanted to tell her just pirate it. But I just recommended her Palm Springs instead, <laughs> <laughs> and she watched Palm Springs. Yeah, just just pirate it. No, don't pirate it. Uh, actually, look, here's my answer. If you want to watch Mulan, uh, watch Palm Springs instead because that's a better movie. My cousin didn't or watch think the original, so, but yeah, or watch the original. Or watch the original Mulan. That's right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's how they get you. That's how they get you. They they try to ingrain. They into make your you fun- forget the. Yeah, they make, they you, make forget you forget the original, original existed. Yeah, yeah. God, who's Robin Williams? I forgot who he is. <laughs> All I know is Will Smith. That movie's awful. Uh, Harley Quinn on. got renewed for season three. <laughs> season three on HBO Max. Yeah, on uh, HBO Max. And DC Universe is still alive, but going over, it's going to go through a massive overhaul. Let's be, let's be real. They're dead. DC Universe, no, as we know it, is dead. Look, as we know it, yes, they're dead. But they, it will still which, have life. Which, long time coming. I should have I, I put some money in the Deadpool. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I expected it was going to go this way. So, look. So, first of all, Harley Quinn getting renewed for season three. That's perfect. Awesome. You should check out that show. It's a really fun show. Um, Titans is also going to be making its move to HBO Max. Well, literally, literally every everything that was a movie and TV show that's available on DC Universe is going to be shifted into HBO Max. Because that know. makes way more sense now in yeah. this aspect, in this context now. Um, according to Jim Lee, he talked a little bit about what DC Universe is going to go through going forward. Uh, going through this fucking... Hang on, sorry. I'm... Okay, yeah. All right. I just found it. So basically, they're going to restructure themselves as DC Universe Unlimited which I find really funny with that new name. But, uh, and they'll basically be what they were doing actually pretty well in already when they launched, which was just, you know, a curated large digital library of all their titles. So, yeah. Honestly, it's the only way, it's the only way they should have done this. It's not DC Universe Unlimited. It's DC Universe Infinite. Infinite? Oh, never mind. Yeah, was, uh, it's DC Universe Infinite. That's still a funny title, given that their stuff is gone. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, I I, expe- I I expected this because like, it, look, you're you you would be wasting they... <laughs> money if you didn't have a like a, your rival to like Marvel Unlimited. That was the title I was thinking of. Or it's the only way. It's the only way that they that they're able to keep like that that ship afloat because again, like it, HBO Max renders that entire service basically useless. Yeah. Uh, in term in terms of just like the scripted content. Um, but, but with their digital library, that's still a really nice thing. And it's not like... The, the the good thing with this, you know, it just exemplifies the fact that, you know, of the problems of, like, you know, why would this just... Uh, why not just cancel this whole thing together? Because if you go on, like, Comixology, you're not going to get the entire DC library that they've been doing on this service instead. You know? Like, with DC Universe Infinite, right? That's it. With mm-hmm. DC Universe Infinite, <laughs> you'd literally be getting the entire DC library as it's coming out. You know, and so no, that's, a, a, that's, a, that's that. a yeah, that's a good deal, and that's a really good healthy market out there for it. You know, it would be dumb for them to let go of it, so I'm glad they didn't. But mm-hmm. yeah, I figured this would happen. I'm glad that they're all moving to HBO Max because honestly, I wasn't gonna pay two. I wasn't gonna subscribe to two things. <laughs> all that said, I'm not gonna subscribe to DC Universe either way in the future. But I'm glad all my shows and uh, t- uh, movies are on HBO Max. HBO Max, now. yeah. yeah. Well, just pour one out, you know. More, had more, some more DC, some more DC updates. Yeah, you saw this Lego <laughs> Batman uh, eighty nine uh, Batwing set that they put. Uh, up? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> I, okay. Okay. So, so basically, it's a nineteen eighty nine uh, recreation of the Batwing. We've had multiple variations of the Batwing before, like like uh, for different like Lego sets. But like this is probably like the most like elaborate and detailed one we've had uh how much is it and when does it come out <laughs> okay so uh I'm, I'm scrolling past that right now but in terms of how many pieces it is it's 2363 and it's nothing oh wow you can mount it to a wall i yeah, didn't dude. see this yeah i that's actually pretty cool <laughs> like you could actually like display it and like your little office thing with like the nice little lego stand or you could just sh- you just stick it in your wall and there's like a batman keaton minifigure a Joker thug minifigure and a really cool Nicholson Joker um in the tux. Yeah, in the tux. That's it. I was going to say top hat, but he does have a top hat in there. But yeah, in the yeah, tux uniform. I don't know 
uh, I'm looking at this Hollywood Reporter article where they talked about it. It's due to hit stores October 21st, and it will be priced at... This article doesn't say. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It's just probably coming in October. Like in the, we'll get a price soon, for sure. Probably, like, in the 400. Yeah. It's free. Yeah, in Take the 400. It's a bunch of sweaty, <laughs> fat people wish. just fighting in the Lego store. I, I me. <laughs> me, yeah. That's me, too. That's um, me for that fucking NES uh, set that I still want to I still wanna buy. Yeah, it's dude, that and... Gotten... Oh, oh, man. Okay, I wanted what? to put this on the docket a few weeks ago, but have you seen these Lego portrait sets that they've been putting out? Yeah, they're gorgeous. Have you, have you seen the Marilyn Monroe one? Yeah. God, it's so Beautiful. nice. Yeah, that's like 150. Um, that's a pretty good one. I haven't gotten a, like a new Lego set in in literal years. Yeah, same so, here. So uh, I don't know if this is gonna be my first one in a while. But, my my um, first one will definitely be either the Marilyn one or the NES set because I I want to get my hands on it at some point. Yeah, the NES the NES like thing is like is like Raul's, Raul novelty. Yeah, no, <laughs> but it's just so nice too because of the like the small little CTV and like literally recreating a full size NES set. You you have to mm-hmm. make the cartridge. You have to make the giant dumb <laughs> Mario Brothers cartridge out of Lego br- uh, bricks. I find that yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's fucking sick. It's fucking sick. Uh, okay, so this is quick, but I, this this is interesting though. This next piece on the docket: Madonna's co-writing and directing her own biopic for Universal with Diablo Cody, hmm. the writer of Juno, helping her pen the script. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, um. That sounds like the most Madonna thing ever, to be honest. Yeah. Like she has like directed enough. before. If yeah, I she remember. has. I think she did um, Evita. I think she did that big screen version of Evita, but I'm trying to look into this. Yeah, I mean, uh yeah. who better to who better to tell your life story than yourself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh uh I I I'm not I, I'm not like a I, I can't really say I'm a Madonna fan, but uh, this is th- this is something super interesting that that I would check out uh, because I love seeing like something weird like this, you know, someone you would you wouldn't expect at all to to make a movie, especially about themselves. <laughs> it's it's uh, our generation's eight and a half, and we're finally. <laughs> I I don't think we've. Uh, it's interesting when they do when movies are uh, like this are made because. They could either be like super, super self indulgent, or they could be really, really introspective and like, like heartbreaking to watch. Like, yeah. I, you haven't seen all that jazz, but no. all that jazz was written and directed by Bob Fosse, and it starred Roy Schneider as a guy who he he doesn't star as Bob Fosse, but you know he he's definitely an archetype uh, for Bob Fosse, and it's literally just his life story, and just him, um, hit a, a port like a portrait of just. His over uh, his attitude to like you know working in stage, and working as a documentary filmmaker or no as a feature filmmaker and as a husband and as a sex addict, and as an as a as a guy who's like relying on drugs and alcohol to like you know stay awake and finish like I both know, uh, his giant Broadway play and his big movie. You know? We're gonna talk more about uh about, about Charlie Kaufman in a bit, but uh, adaptation is literally about Charlie Kaufman trying to. Try it's literally about Charlie Kaufman writing the script of the movie you're watching. So, <laughs> yeah, no, it, so. It, and it's super interesting. And like w- when it works, it works. Like, uh, I, I mean, I've heard adaptations great and I still need to check it out, but you know, all that jazz is a good example. Mm-hmm. Uh, this could work. I could see Madonna doing well with this, you know, and Diablo Cody is a great writer. 
you know, she she won the Oscar for Juno. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, she still got that. She still has that. Juno crowd. was huge when it came out. Yeah. This was this was something that was in the works for a long time, too, because I remember one of the big, like, blacklist scripts. It wasn't written by Madonna. It wasn't her biopic, but it was an unrelated uh, biopic about her called Blonde Ambition, which was written mm. by Elise Hollander. And a bunch of people in the industry like really really love that script but apparently madonna wants to take a crack at it herself and i'm like you know that's cool that that, i could i could see if it works it works you know i think that'd be interesting i wonder who plays madonna Madonna. yeah i wonder who will play madonna or is she gonna star herself gotta imagine casting yourself yeah that's oh i feel like that's creepy to watch i mean we saw that already with this movie that we can talk about (laughs) but yeah. yeah everyone is everyone but um in a in another story of uh, intensity and raw violence, we have uh, we have a sick fucking statue coming in from Level Fifty Two Studios. Uh, from, it's a chainsaw battle from a little film called uh, Mandy, uh, a a favorite of me and Raul's. It's a fantastic Panos Cosmatos. Yes, yeah, a fantastic weird. Nicolas Cage movie about a bunch of biker gangs and Cenobites and, and a Cheddar and Goblin, Cheddar yeah. Goblin, a tiger. So fuck uh, yeah, there's a tiger in this. <laughs> and yeah. Okay. Look, honestly, any Mandy merchandise to me spells like this is gonna be fucking sick. Cause I saw like the only one that I know of so far before this that I knew of before this was um was the Cheddar Goblin puzzle that's on mondo it's, so cool. it's literally the it's literally the st- like a fake box of craft macaroni and cheese with the stupid cheddar goblin vomiting on top of the children Fucking cheddar goblin you know it was directed by the by the guy who did too many cooks right yeah yeah it is i fucking love that that's their boys. A cool little thing but yeah they, they, it was that puzzle piece that i knew of obviously the movie is a piece of merchandise but you know that's not what i'm talking about here but then you have the statue which like it looks like one of those like loot crate um cartoony statues that you like that i would get it looks and, like a pixar version of mandy yeah 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 that's what that's that's the best way to put it i uh, i was i just remembered that because i would get them from loot crate but yeah it looks like a pixar version of mandy and it looks so fucking raw and i love it it's like no, 250 you, or something like that it's 250 bucks you can pre-order it on uh, legionm.com and yeah dude it's so fucking sick if you're a fan of the movie obviously get this shit if you're a it, fan like, of nicholas cage just get it yeah dude <laughs> it, like you, you get like like the, first of all they, they but, like the style of it looks fucking sick like they, they literally look like pixar characters uh the de- like the details on um on like both both of them you know on the statue looks fantastic um 250 bucks is pretty fucking steep obviously yeah. but you know this is obviously a thing for the fans and they also do have more stuff on this website From they have Mandy? a cheddar goblin yeah they have a cheddar goblin a plush toy <gasps> they have oh, yeah they have a uh mandy um a vinyl like uh, of the soundtrack, oh, the soundtrack? oh that's a yeah, good yeah. soundtrack it's really it's really fucking cool like the the record is like purple it's really nice. sick, and you can also get a <laughs> a uh, replica of the axe for three hundred bucks. <laughs> Wait, like a life sized axe? Yeah, yeah. Wow. I think so yeah. Huh. Yeah. And it comes honestly, with a stand that's and... that's pretty fucking cool for three hundred yeah, bucks. Heard... Legion M. Where have I heard this website from? They, they, I, I hear a lot of podcasts um, do ads for them. So uh, hey, Legion M. Hit us up. Hit us up. <laughs> Hit us up. I need money. 
yeah. this is a quick one. Well, no, it's not a quick one. This is a, this is kind of a dense one, and we're, this is definitely something where we'll delve into. Um, we're gonna we're gonna our, gish our deep opinions with this. Yeah, we're gonna gish up over this, but. Well, I don't think so, because you know we're pretty much. I think I'd argue for both of us. We're pretty much in the right, you know, mindset with this. But yeah, th- there's. I mean, gish gallop the- in the sense that we're gonna that we're, we're not gonna go as in depth, but. Oh like, yeah, yeah, go, yeah, yeah. Let's see, but yeah, there was some updates to the Ray Fisher, uh, WB, scandal kerfluffle thing that's been mm-hmm. going on for the past couple of weeks. So last time we le- <laughs> uh, the last time we left our heroes. Uh, apparently Ray Fisher, Ray Fisher went on Twitter to say that the Batfleck, uh, announcement that was made by the WB press team was like put in tangent with a, like was a way to like, um, what was it? Premeditated. That's the term for it. Mm -hmm. That they put it, that they put that announcement just to hide, uh, more tweets that he was putting out about John Berg and Jeff Johns and just the really toxic, fucked up, uh, his claims about the really toxic, fucked up work environment, uh, when he was on justice league for the reshoots. And like, he has, like, he literally puts out the tweet and it's like, like a few minutes apart. And like, I could kind of see that, but then there was another really big piece of news coming from this with Jason Momoa coming out and voicing support for him saying that it was just like the quote here that I'm getting is, it was a really fucked up, really fucked up stuff happened uh, on the set of Justice League. So, I'm not surprised, I mean, but like, that entire, that's, that's crazy. Dude, I can't wait for like 10 years from now when we get like the Tell All documentary about this scenario. Same with like Fantastic Four and like Josh Trank. Yeah. Like, I, I really want to see all the behind the scenes details about this because literally everything is just like... Like this entire situation is just like imploding on on everybody involved, you know, and like yeah. it's literally he said she said at this point. Yeah, but it's it feels a little bit more, you know, like Jason Momoa corroborating on. No, this yeah, no, no, like no, no, this is no, definitely, no, no. Don't get something, something definitely happened. Ray you know, Fisher that have gone to that made this like to that had made like this whole situation so fucked up at this point. I don't know about you personally, but I, I'm fully supporting Ray Ray Fisher in this aspect. Like I I I, 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 I do too because it's just you know I I've always had that thought in my head that something fucked up must have happened while stuff was going on here. Here's the actual especially around quote. that time period. Yeah, like, especially yeah, and like WB's mindset with trying to put out like a good product and being scared of like all the reception that they've been getting from that. It was, and it, like, I, I, I would have been, I would not have been surprised if like somebody like dropped the ball during that whole scenario. The know? leadership around that time period, especially like oh, yeah, everything fucking Walter on, Amato. You know? Let's, yeah. Well, no, not like, Walter Amato. Fucking Kevin Sujihara. Yeah. Yeah. The CEO uh, of, of <laughs> Warner Brothers at the time. Here's the actual you want, quote. You want to roll? Jim Sex. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was literally, that literally what happened. Yeah. Uh, this is the actual quote from Momoa. I was actually just paraphrasing there with my own words. But uh, this is the actual quote from Momoa here. Serious stuff went down. It needs to be investigated and people need to be held accountable. Which, yeah, I, I you know, <laughs> if it happened or if it didn't, like, it's pretty, you know, it's pr- something, to, you know, it's, it's clear as fucking day here. You know? Have you heard anything about Joss Whedon in like the last few years? Uh, I've just heard that he's been like off the grid, honestly. He has his HBO show, The Nevers, that's supposed to come out soon. Is it? Apparently, well, I don't know now, but 
and he was scheduled to have a like a one-on-one panel at, at Comic-Con online, but this was coming Cancel around you. the same like that that was announced around the same time the Ray Fisher stuff was going on and that got pulled off uh pulled away. I wonder last why. Minute. I wonder why, yeah. Uh there was another thing here and it was honestly Take it or leave it. I honestly don't believe it, and it kind of sounds petty from the way it was written. But Ebb Miami put out an article saying that um, he went on Ray Fisher went on this quote unquote Twitter attack after getting just a cameo offer in the Flash movie, which part of that wouldn't sound surprising. And by when I mean part of that, I say that oh yeah, they were trying to get him back for the Flash movie, but. This whole thing, like, I don't know if you read the article. It literally just sounds like fucking, like, backtracking slander. It's really fucking bad, dude. Like, like, it, like they try to, they, they literally paint him to be, like, this really petty motherfucker in this article. And I just think it's pretty fucked up. You know, the, the way the way the article is written and, like, the way it's coming off, I feel like maybe, I'm trying to, like, trying to piece together, like, the scenario in my head. Maybe it sounds like what happened in Just League was really fucked up. And maybe Ray Fisher was promised something. Uh... Maybe Bruce was prom- promised something. Maybe he thought he was getting something more than what he actually got, and maybe he took it to he just he took it he took it to Twitter in order to address the the situation. Um, and this is just me, like I guess you know, speculating up with conclusions. Yeah, yeah, yeah for, like from what I read. But um, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. Like uh, again, we didn't have the show around the t- around the time we were ge- hearing all the drama. Uh, around the time we were hearing all the drama behind Justice League, uh, we we had the show right after. Um, yeah, but li- honestly, it, the best time we could have done it. Yeah, <laughs> like been, we could have been right in the shit show. Yeah, literally, like just the we've heard nothing just but just you know f- the film filming has has just been like almost a disaster. Fucking, you know, they added the budget got inflated to what like three hundred million. Um, and it, it does not surprise me that more shit went on than what we've heard. You know, NDAs are are powerful to an, to a uh, a degree, um, <laughs> which is why I'm surprised there's another cast member like helping Fisher out with this. Because like, I I'm surprised that we haven't heard anything else from like either Affleck or Cavill or Gal Gadot or Ezra Miller. Maybe Ezra Miller, you know, I that would make sense why he's not saying anything right now. But yeah. you know, yeah, and Gal Gadot I mean, probably. But I say that more because you know, hey. Fun fact for people who for for those of you who are playing uh, keep it score at home Ezra Miller <laughs> there's video of him tackling a woman and choke slamming her to the floor choke slamming her there yeah yeah there you go literally like Undertaker esque but like he was yeah. very weak because he's like super small <laughs> and frail yeah and frail <laughs> yeah. but yeah we support you Ray yeah. yeah let's hope this works out you know for, for in his favor because yeah sounds really fucked up for over what happened but no it is. Yeah. We'll definitely find out more about that later, for sure. I don't think we haven't heard the the last of this. The, but you know, we have uh, well, we haven't heard event. the last of what? Yeah. yeah. PS Five event. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we had a PS Five event last yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where we got um, we basically got the Rise of Skywalker told in a video game conference. Hmm. Cause oh fuck. Okay, look, I'm really happy with what got shown off and what got revealed during this whole thing, but a lot of the cool way- shit. Dude, the way they handled those pre-orders were so fucking bad. I don't understand what like it's literally their fault for cut for like cutting their like conference to be like strictly at forty minutes when you could have easily have put more information about how you can get you those pre-orders for the uh, for the console in your panel. Or hey, I don't know, 
you know, the release date for some of those games. Like, you know how fucking crazy it is to just get a tweet from Jeff Keighley saying that Demon Souls is a PS5 launch exclusive? That's so insane. It's it, it, except for like instead of actually getting it in Arguably the conference one of that you're your watching, games. Arguably yeah. one of your biggest it's biggest the, games. It's literally one of your launch titles. It's a like, system it, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, but I yeah. Don't know. But yeah, really the PS5 fucking, event happened. That whole that whole PS5 pre-order things are fucking horrible. Yeah, no. Ah, man. But uh, you didn't get one, right? No, I haven't I haven't tried yet. I pre-ordered the media remote, but I just went on Amazon like a minute ago. Like an hour ago when we were right before we started recording. And I think they canceled my pre-order for the media remote. And nice. uh, now I'm fucking pissed. <laughs> I'm going to have nice. to figure out what's going on with that. But yeah, I, I that's the only thing I pre-ordered because I'm like... I, I, I forgot about this as I was uh, right after I pre-ordered the media remote. But I you know I was it was like 3 in the morning and I didn't feel like actually going back online to Amazon to pre-order the PS5. But like it's that thing and a friend of the show, Yuzvi, told me this. As he was trying to pre-order his thing on Amazon, um, you you don't have to pay for it right now. Like you, like the money gets t- uh, taken from your account when it's released. When it's delivered. Yeah, when it's, when delivered, it's delivered. Yeah. So I should have thought of that, but hey, you know, I guess I was I guess I was in the same boat as like a me- like many other people because I just didn't waste any nobody money. Nobody did it. Yeah, at least I didn't waste yeah. any money too, which is nice. Yeah. But so yeah, uh, some of the things was, was, that got announced. Other than that, it was a fun event though. Or shown, it. yeah. It was. Yeah. I, I did. I, I wasn't able to see the, the entire event. I was. I, I. I was only able to to catch like the, the the big highlight moments, you know. Yeah. But um, yeah. Uh, you want to start off with what got uh shown? Yeah, I have. I'm pulling up the Kotaku article. If you want to tag along with me on that one. Got so it. Uh, one of the first things I got announced was Final Fantasy 16. It's in development right now, and it's a PS5 console exclusive. Even though the trailer showed that it was running on a PC engine emulating the PS5. <laughs> like right at the very beginning. But other than that, it looks really, really nice. Like presentation-wise, it's not like, you know, prestige. It, it, it looks really nice, but it's not on that same level of like, you know, graphics-wise, it doesn't look in the same level as like Miles Morales, which we'll get into later. But, mm-hmm. it, you know, some games don't have to be. In the case of this, it looks really, really fun. The the. The combat, I don't really know so much of, like, what insp- what it's taking inspiration from. Aside from, like, you know, f- from playing and beating Final Fantasy VII Remake, I could see that, like, it's got that same level of speed and, mm. like, ferocity. When, you know, you see, like, this guy with the sword, you know, kicking up some fucking fiery ass on some dude there. Uh, the boss is about, Yeah. Nope. It, it, it's back to its medieval roots, which I forgot was the case in, in Final Fantasy, like, in modern day, because a lot of it has just been, like... You know, 7 is the steampunk world, but then a lot of it is apparently very, uh, very futuristic stuff. And, like, 15... Like, yeah, you Final Fantasy goes all over the place. Yeah, they go to a lot of weird places. Like, 15 in particular, I don't know if you've seen any gameplay from that, but it's, like... It, it, it's like they're in the real world. Like, you literally have to drive a car with your crew. And it's, like... It, it's, like, a... It's, like, a mix of the Virgil Mobile from that DMC reboot and, like, a giant black uh lamborghini not a lamborghini like a what's that british car that james bond drives ashton martin yeah like an aston martin i think i'm just pulling out car words but yeah it looks hmm. it, it looks real like it, it it took a more realistic approach uh, approach with uh 15 and now it's coming back to this sort of it kind of reminds me of berserk but then again everything medieval kind of reminds me of berserk yeah but yeah and it looks cool uh it's about 
like it, it's about a prince and like you know, revenge, fire. Yes. <laughs> You're gonna have to be more specific, here, buddy. Other. Yeah, <laughs> it looks Reject? pretty cool. Yeah, they're they're riding on top of chocobos, which are basically horses in this world, and that's cool. I assume this will probably be like, if not late next year, probably early next, like early 2022. Actually, yeah. uh, interesting enough, uh, according to the Kotaku article, um, the footage they showed was wasn't running on PS5, but actually yeah. on PC. Yeah, that's uh, I I said that um I said that earlier. It, it, it they literally show like a huge tagline <laughs> yeah, in yeah. the in the beginning of the trailer and I find that to be yeah. really funny. So I assume it's going to come to PC, which is something really funny given, you know, how weirdly how hush-hush uh Sony was about PC in general this fucking during this conference. But we'll get to that later when we talk about Demon Souls. Mm-hmm. Uh there was a trailer for Miles Morales. It's and also gameplay. coming to PS yeah, and new gameplay. Um, also coming to PS4, and the PS5 version will have a remastered edition of Spider-Man with more costumes and, like, ray tracing, so you could see the puddles, I guess, or <laughs> the makes reflection of the puddles. Yeah, it makes it prettier. Do you um, remember that? You remember that stupid-ass, like, um, that, that stupid-ass argument people were having on Twitter when the game came out about the whole water puddle thing? I mean, I think the entire argument was just the fact that uh, most games that when they're when they're announced, um, you know, when, when they're when they're premiered and they're announced, the the graphics don't really hold up on release. Yeah, but in and this like, case, I, I it did. You know, it's just like people. No, I look look for the most part. I don't that think first, so. I I I'd, I'd argue I'd argue that it did, but like you know, like people got so fucking mad over just like oh I can't see my reflection on this water puddle. You know, like I find that to be so stupid. To argue I guess it's about. just the expectation of like where technology, where like video game technology should be at this point. I guess, but hey, you got your water puddles now. Fucking yeah, it looks really good. Yeah. The character models don't look f- terrifying. I love, so. I love Miles's hair in this. Like, he, looks, he looks great. Yeah, you he definitely has tell. a hairline. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, he it looks fantastic, dude. Um, uh, the Tinker is the villain in this. Yeah, the That's gameplay cool. super kinetic. He ha- he he he's like has like his fucking orange electrical powers. Um, he turns invisible, no? Yeah, he has invi- invisibility. Yeah, yeah. No, no, yeah, yeah. He turned. Uh, uh, that's part of his skill set. Um, I I think the graphics obviously they, they look fantastic. Um, gameplay is really intense. I love the score. Uh, wow. Oh yeah. Oh no, I love that fighting. trap influence that they put into the new uh, like the regular theme from the last game. Mm-hmm. It's really nice. Yeah, uh, yeah, really digging, uh, really digging, uh, Miles Morales. I'm definitely um, buying this on PS4. Oh yeah, that's a day one. That's that's yeah. another system seller, hundred percent. And look, I'm glad uh, it's a PS5 launch. But look, honestly, what's gonna be more? What's what's better for somebody who has a PS4? Buying the seventy dollar edition of Miles Morales that has an upgraded version of Spider Man, or buying the forty? No, buying the fifth, uh, sixty dollar edition of Miles Morales on PS4, wherein you already have Spider Man and you could both upgrade them. You know as if they were a PS5 game when you eventually get a PS5. Yeah. You know? It's a, literally a difference of 20 of uh, no, of like $10, but like I'd rather take that than, you know, spend more money on that. No, it's yeah. super exciting. Um, it's pretty cool. People got really upset over the fact that like there were a lot of games that were being um like Horizon the the new Horizon sequel, Miles Morales and something else. I think Sackboy's Big Adventure. They're also going to be on the PS4 as well. And people got like upset by that, but then again, I would be I would make the argument that you kind of need that in a 
time where not everybody's going to go out and get the PS4 right now, you know, especially in this fucking climate. And if it could work on PS4 and not be shitty, awesome, you know? That like I they they wouldn't have done that other they wouldn't have done it otherwise if they thought that the game wouldn't run well on a PS4, you know. So yeah, that's cool. Uh, let's see. Oh, I'm, I'm let me correct myself here. It will cost fifty dollars at launch, Miles mm-hmm. Morales. Yeah. Uh, but the deluxe edition that includes the remastered version is seventy. Yeah, yeah. So it's a yeah. difference of twenty dollars. So uh, yeah. yeah, you know, uh, I know and what I'm spending my fifty on. Yeah, and if you buy the PS4 version, you're gonna have the free upgrade to the PS5 version. So that's yeah, awesome. which I think is the case for. I want to say it's the case for a lot of other games as Most well. Likely. Not just not just Miles Morales, but like Cyberpunk. They made a big deal about about that recently, and probably will be for like the next like two or three years before we're finally fully integrated into like the new generation. It's the best way to do it, honestly, because like. What are you gonna do? Like, like the idea of buying another version of the same game is just like there's no need to do that if the technology is already trying they to already, catch up. P- you know? uh, Sony and Xbox already have spent millions of dollars remastering a bunch of their old games because they refuse to add backwards compatibility. Yeah. Uh, now, now we now like that we finally have the option that to have backwards compatibility proper, they can you know spend more time busting out you know better exclusives for the yeah. properties, but. 99% of PS4 games are going to be playable on the PS5. So Yeah, that, the PlayStation Plus Ryan. collection. The PlayStation oh, yeah. Plus okay, collection. Okay, let's get into dude. that for quickly. Yeah. I don't think this is their answer to Games Pass, but it is an answer of some sort, and I think that's pretty cool. The fact that it's a free benefit for PlayStation Plus subscribers is pretty cool. I think that's really good. You don't have to add on another like price tag to that. I think that's a really good start. But no, I, yeah, don't, I, I don't necessarily know if this will be like... I don't think... This is different from Game Pass at the end of the day. And I don't think... It this is. Will, this is. I don't think it's designed to be like the Game Pass killer. Game Pass is sense. more of a platform. No, no, no. Yeah. Game Pass is more of a platform. And like like, like, I've said, like I mentioned before, Sony and Microsoft, they're going for very different things this generation. Well, I'd well, say multi-platform. Really, because it's like it's PC and Xbox with Game Pass. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Yeah, Game Pass is a platform more than just like an exclusive console thing. While oh, okay. it's like this, while it's like this new PlayStation Plus collection, this is going to be available day one, and you're going to be able to just have access to some of the biggest, some of the biggest titles that have been released on PlayStation Plus. So you can have you can play uh, God of War now. Uh, that's going to be a day one uh, title. Uh, Arkham Knight, um, Bloodborne, a bunch of Bloodborne. <laughs> Detroit become human, uh, Last of Us. There wasn't a full like I, I can't get the full list here off that Kotaku article, but literally it's just a like a literally the greatest hits of some of the best like PS4 games in like, recent memory. Like RE7 is another one. And oh yeah, this is uh, Battlefield One. But yeah, that's, it's a pretty good deal for a PlayStation Plus subscriber. Dude, on, dude, honestly, like um, I'm again, I'm getting the the disc version, but like Same. getting the digital version, there there really is like. There is like if you had the four hundred, like you you don't need that disc version. I'm getting it for the Blu-rays. You know, obviously I have my collect my, my Blu-ray collection. I want to watch four K movies. Now. Yeah, exactly. You know, the way I see it is like I'm paying four hundred for the game console, and the extra hundred is uh, is money I'm gonna spend already on a Blu-ray player. You get me? Yeah. Just buying it know, all in one. And you know, there's another good way to just uh, hang on. I mean. <laughs> okay. Uh, sorry, I just got a pop-up um, nice. thing from my computer. No, it was literally telling me you have to restart, and I'm like, nope. No. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm doing something right now. Uh, 
And it's funny you brought that up about the digital con- uh, edition because that's also going to be getting con. Well, no, not digitally. Well, yeah, digitally exclusive content into that um, once it launches with DMC Five Special Edition. Yeah, with Virgil as a, pl- a sp- uh, playable character, Turbo yeah, yeah, yeah. Mode, just it, a bunch it, more it content. Like a Muso- yeah, yeah, a lot more content. It looks like a Muso game at some points where you're just battling like more than 40 characters more than 40 like villains at a time okay have you heard the full version of that nude virgil track i haven't dude it's amazing (laughs) i i don't even fucking play dmc but i listened to that whole thing it's literally nine minutes long and i i felt like i felt like i was about to cry because it felt really really like good and powerful devil mckay has some of the best music in gaming Dude, it's like top tier ANV material. No, like you could put that song on anything, and it will be the coolest fucking emotional ANV you could watch on like 480p. I fucking love With, it. Yeah. Oh god, no, it, it looks really cool. Um, I'm it, getting my uh, brother digital the digital edition. That'd be good. Yeah. Oh, man, I. Fuck it. I don't think I'm gonna wait to play the other games. I might just get this new edition of DMC Five. <laughs> to be honest, yeah, dude, it looks dude. really, really fun. It's a, it's and apparently, really... like, apparently, they have a thing in the game where, like, they just gives you a recap of what happened before, so you're yeah, not like do. super, super lost in this. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, so an- another game they um, they they, uh, they showed and officially announced is the uh, the very long rumored uh, Harry-, Harry Potter video game that takes place in the Harry Potter universe. This Hogwarts was Legacy. Two years ago, by the way. Yeah, they've been working on this game. Uh, well, they probably worked on different variations of this game, but this concept in a Harry Potter RPG for years. I've been hearing about this concept for literal years. Um, yeah, uh, by Avalanche Studios, and it's basically an open world Harry Potter RPG. Yeah, um, that's look the idea. Of it's it's fucking pretty sick. Cool. No, it's fucking sick. I think it's fucking yeah. awesome. Like this, like, like what the this is probably like their answer to like Middle Earth, you know, like making like just their own video games and just set in the universe. And you know, it's, you would, something like Harry Potter. One would think you know? that they would have done this sooner, though, given yeah, how right? popular like Harry Potter used to be. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, definitely. I mean, uh, for some, I, I feel like they're trying to cash in. They're trying to cash in more on Harry Potter now that it ended. <laughs> than they I think did that was when it, when I, that was, was dumb for them released. too. Yeah, I, feel, I mean, I feel like that's kind of dumb on their part. But hey, better late than never. Whatever. I mean, hey, j- the again, the idea of an open world RPG. You know, you're like I assume you make your own wizard, or yeah, yeah I, I assume so. You make your yeah. own Harry Potter. You yeah you um you make your own wizard. You learn different spells. I assume you you're gonna team up with uh with different people. Yeah, uh, like J.K. Rowling. It's so funny that they had the like one of the first things that came out about this game was also yeah she has no involvement no into involvement. this game whatsoever. And I'm just thinking, oh, what's a new spell I'm gonna learn? Destroy us, transphobus. <laughs> just Jesus fucking, Christ. just take a Rowling exploding in the fucking main <laughs> menu of the screen. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no. This is no. This game's super exciting, dude. Yeah, uh, it, it, it does look it, cool. Great. It does look cool. Okay. No, yeah, that. yeah, no, yeah. And I, I know so many like potheads, <laughs> Potterheads, <laughs> Potterheads. I think is the actual thing. Or Muggles. <laughs> oh no, Muggles is like a species, right? Or it's like a subclass. No, it's like the know. it's the term for humans. Okay, interesting. Like people who don't like just who aren't wizards. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah, this is this is coming to PS5, PS4, Xbox X, and uh, Xbox Series X and S 
and the Xbox One and PC. Um, Did I ever tell you, by the way, I just hate the naming convention for the Xbox, like, over the years. Series X, Series S, it's horrible. I hate that. The thing is, it was so easy for them at the beginning. You had Xbox. That's that's cool. That's Even a, then, that's Xbox One, Xbox One, back when that, that was announced, that was weird. Well, okay, because look, look at what we could have had, right? We had the Xbox 360, Infinite. right? Yeah, we, we had the 360, right? And... 720. One, yeah, one would day. eventually <laughs> think, yeah... It would be the 720, and then the 1080, and then the, you know, the other, the the more than 1080, which, because I'm not good with math right now. But then, apparently, they changed the, like, apparently there was a change in leadership, and uh, the literally the reason why the Xbox One is called the Xbox One was because they were deeming themselves the only one console out there, the number one console. And I'm like, okay, that's cool, but you literally had it right there in your fingertips, and you decided to do something else instead. You shat the bed. Yeah, you you shat the bed, and then you got into these other things, which is just like this is the Series X and the S, and like this is so stupid. <laughs> I'd always assume that it was called like the Xbox One because it's like an all-in-one platform. Because in the beginning, that's like kind of how they marketed like the that's Xbox technically in yeah, that's technically how they're like the, how they wanted to come out, but you could have just easily have done that with the 720. You know, they they, they started doing that. They they started doing that. Then they for no, they started doing that. Then they forgot. Oh yeah, this is a game console. Yeah, <laughs> like compared to PlayStation, even though like the develop, like even though the people inside Sony thought the name PlayStation was stupid, you know, it's simple. This is PS2. the PlayStation One. This no, is the PlayStation Two. And this like is the ar- PlayStation 3. arguably, ar- no, well, and like so na- arguably, the, it's it's more it's more well known as like the PS4, PS5. Like it literally has PS4 and PS5 etched. But you on you the, get what I'm saying, right? Yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. A, it's just it's simple. It's not. I, this is the X and the S, but the I don't one think, and infinite. I think Xbox with the 720 is stupid. Elite. <laughs> I think Xbox 720 title is stupid, but yeah. <laughs> but like something better than Xbox, like Series X is a terrible title. I think that's an awful title for for what it, for what this was supposed to be. I honestly thought they were gonna do like the Xbox Infinite, but you know after the, the Halo Infinite announcement, Xbox yeah. Infinite sounds sounds cool. You know, it sounds simple. It would have been cool, but whatever. Actually, yeah. um, actually, since we're on the topic of Xbox, and I completely forgot to mention when we were talking about the digital version of the uh, digital version of the the, P- the, the, the PS5, PS5, um, one of the really interesting aspects of it, like, yeah, we know that it's a hundred bucks. The digital versions of both both Xbox and 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 the PlayStation, they're, they're, there's a hundred dollar difference between both of them, and I think it's really interesting the way like Sony's like tackling it, whereas they. Like literally, the only difference between the Xbox, between the the digital and the disc version of the consoles is literally just like the disc drive. But when going looking at uh, the digital versions of the Xbox, um, the differences like lie within like the actual like uh, like hardware of the system. Like yeah, it's significantly it's significantly not significantly, but like there's a difference in in terms of performance and like just what you get with the with the digital Xbox. I have and, you it, know I have it here. I'm pulling up the specs right now from this uh, IGN post. Yeah, uh, no, okay. it's it, which makes sense. Two hundred like three hundred dollar uh, price tag, you know, for a fourteen forty p console that runs game that can run games at one twenty. You know, it ca- it can cap games at one twenty. Well, d- depends how they they want they want to do it, but yeah, you know. Um, and then you get like the digital version of the uh, the PS five, and that, like that's just full four K. Like you you get you're getting the same system, just yeah. 
digital. Uh, to add on to that, the PS5 Digital Edition has 8K support as well. It's running the same... In terms of uh, resolution... It, it, it can display Xbox 8K, series, you mean? It could like... It, yeah, it could support 8K if you wanted to. Um, I, it runs at 4K already. It runs at 4K, but I think it's a different term. Like it's not, it doesn't run 8K. Like I, I get or support it. it like it displays 8K, or it, it's a weird thing. Oh, okay, I'm just thing. going yeah. off this IGN like comparison post uh, picture they put here. I could so be wrong, like, but yeah. Let yeah. me let, let me look up here from the. Uh, let me tell you for the Series S and PS5 digital. So prices, it's a difference of hundred dollars. Series S is uh, three hundred. PS5 is four hundred. Um, resolution, uh, Xbox Series S is. 1440p 120 frames per second 4k mm-hmm. support and for ps5 digital edition it's 4k 120 hertz and 8k 120 hertz uh 120 hertz 8k support yeah uh, so it, it's there's not nothing native. about the storage drive and the disk drive right now well no they don't have a disk drive but nothing yeah. about the storage drive right now on the ps5 compared to the it's series 800, S, which is it's 512 and... gigabytes really for the Series S, yeah, it's 512 gigabytes and uh, NVMe SSD storage drive. Yeah, that's the SSDs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought it was more. I know that I, I believe the the PS5 digital the the storage is like 800 gigabytes or something like that. I thought the Xbox was like. What, well, it was must have been updated SSD. at that time. Yeah, but I'm just getting off this thing from like the moment it was revealed too. Because, like, nobody fucking knew what was going on also from that conference. Like, mm-hmm. you, like, oh God, I hate how that was handled. But whatever. We already said our piece on that. Yeah. Uh, we had, yeah, we had more trailers on uh, Resident Evil 7, Deathloop, yeah. and uh, Black Ops Cold War. And yeah. they all looked pretty cool. Like, I'm I, so fucking hyped for Deathloop. Oh, my God. God I, I can't wait, dude. Quarter two, twenty twenty one. So I assume that's probably gonna be a May title, and I'm excited. Yeah, I, it, it, it I'm, I'm more interested in it the more I've been watch, uh, the more trailers I watch with. Uh, I, watch I assume with, that's not PlayStation. Yeah, that's not PlayStation exclusive, right? No, no, I don't think. I'm getting that so. on PC. <laughs> oh no, yeah, it is. It's a PlayStation right. exclu- uh, console exclusive right now. Okay, all right. Well, as of now, yeah. Well, I would have gotten it on PC, but yeah. Yeah. No, okay. I mean, I, eventually most of these games are going to end up being on PC. And this is a Bethesda game, so it's going to end up, you know, leaving that uh, space sometime soon. Yeah, that's looks great. Yeah, RE8 looks cool. Uh, yeah, it's vintage. coming out next year. And, yeah, that's that's just about it from that one. We're going to get more information on it on the on the Tokyo Game Show in just a few weeks, I think. Oh, so and there was, like, we'll a Black Ops up. campaign trailer as well. Yeah, yeah, that was fine. I saw that. It was yeah. just, uh, it was just, like, a sniper thing and then they're the set piece was cool they're driving and shooting people on a on a jeep and then they're like gonna put a they, they put like a rolling car bomb underneath this giant helicarrier that's about to launch and it worked and it, it was cool mm-hmm. but demon souls though looks fucking amazing it looks incredible yeah like dude. in every aspect absolutely incredible holy shit wow that's <laughs> the beauty of blue point dude like like I I I got it when I would look at comparison shots of the um, from their Shadow of the Colossus remake because like and you know that's that's a pretty noticeable one you know to do like it not I wouldn't say easy but like you know when you look at th- that an upgrade from that that makes a lot of sense when you're going from PS2 to a PS4 but with this one which is just like PS3 to PS5 it it feels like fucking night and day 
there's like a changing gameplay so too. More. Like it, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like a Dark Souls three or, or something. It feels like its own. It still feels like a Souls game, but it definitely feels like its own rendition of it. Well, I mean, this was the one that kind of started it all. It was, yeah. So, like, yeah, so I, I would assume it wouldn't be as, you know, I don't know how complex, like, uh, Dark Souls 3 is, but I assume it wouldn't be at that level, at least, you know, right now. Or at least, you know, in the main mode of this game, because I'm sure they'll add in more um, ways to play this game that'll probably mimic, mimic more of the recent FromSoft games. Making but this yeah. game a day one system seller is an amazing decision. That was the biggest surprise to me because the rumor forever was that this was going to be February. That this was going to be a, a, a 2021 game. But given like given how you know long they, Bluepoint's been working on this title, I'm not as surprised to see that they would put it into you know end of this year. But I was surprised to know that this is literally a straight up launch title for this, yeah. uh, for this console. So, like, just to recap, we have Miles Morales as PS Five launch as a PS Five launch t- uh, window. It's Miles Morales, uh, Demon Souls, the Sackboy's Big Adventure, and the Astros Playroom game, which is like already embedded into your PS Five when you buy it, compared mm-hmm. to Xbox, which is not Halo. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I actually don't know what the fuck is a, a console exclusive for Xbox. When their when their uh, console comes out, if it would have been Cyberpunk, that would have been a big fucking deal. But it's that's definitely not the case now. Man, I don't, I, I, I can't imagine a scenario where like Xbox outsells PS Five at this point, because, like, look at that. You have such a diverse range of games for these, uh, for like a for a you know a massive gamer audience. You have. Like, Miles Morales is, like, the most widespread appeal. You have uh, Sackboy, which is, you know, for kids, right? Then you have Demon Souls, which is literally adults, weebs, and, like, anybody who hmm. loves a Souls game. You know? That, that's 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 a steal. <laughs> it's, it's perfect. It sucks it's going to cost 70 bucks, but I guess that's the reality we have to live in with next gen. I hate it, though. I hate the fact that we have to pay $70 games now, but it is what it Unfortunately is. Unfortunately so. Yeah. And it was in this same trailer where it was announced it was going to be uh, uh, coming to PC at a later date where they immediately backtracked and said, no, it's not. <laughs> it's going to be a PS5 exclusive, which I guess it may have been a premature announcement or um, they, they just put in the wrong probably photos. fucked they, up. They just put in yeah. the wrong picture. They could have, but I wouldn't be surprised if this game ends up being ported to PC at some point. Fucking Horizon Zero Dawn is on PS uh, is on Steam now. You know, I don't know why this wouldn't be, mm-hmm. at least at some point. Not at launch, obviously, but that is what it is. If it were to, if it were to be, it'd probably take a while because again, this is a system setter. They want to keep this exclusively it would take a, on. PS5 I would say for probably a while. like a year or more for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, PS Five. At the end of the conference, they announced that the PS Five is uh, the disc edition is going to cost five hundred dollars and it's coming out November twelfth. And it's uh, and November nineteenth for the rest of the world. November twelfth is going to come out in uh, territories like U.S., Canada, and Japan, and then everybody else will get it on the nineteenth. So yeah, super That's excited. Not that bad. I'm excited. And then they ended it with God of War two. Thor yeah, Thor Ragnarok. Next year. That's insane. Fucking that ballsy is. that they already the f- like the, fact the first that- teaser for this and they give out the release date. 
the fact that they have uh the fact that they have two of their biggest exclusives like with with sequels on the way not far from their original release dates it's it's pretty crazy because like the fact when they even announced that Miles Morales was going to be like a a a, a, a launch a game. for PS5 <laughs> yeah like like so quick really like jesus there was that quote i can't remember who said it but it was some top uh, guy on in the games industry i think it was Sean Layden actually from from Sony he said uh that like triple a games need to be made uh to be probably played shorter because the cost of making this game for like four or five years is just so daunting for like a workspace environment and just for like, you know, for economic purposes. So I could see this being a future where like we're going to get more Insomniac and more like Sony Santa Monica games coming out. And they're not going to be as long as like the ones we played before. So like Miles Morales, I'm sure it's not going to be as long as uh, Spider-Man was uh, the first Spider-Man game. But I'm kind of conflicted with... Because I've been hearing arguments being made about this new game, about Ragnarok, being not actually God of War 2, but more so, like, it's a bridge sequel uh, to God of War 2. And it will be shorter to play Mm -hmm. than the first one. I think that would be interesting. I don't necessarily think that's the case with this game, because I would assume Ragnarok would be the first thing, you know, like the natural progression to a sequel. I don't think they're going to do God of War 2 again, you know? Oh yeah, like I don't like unless we go fucking fight Jesus or something in the sequ- in God of War two, whatever you call God of War two. I don't necessarily think that you know. I don't know what I'm saying here. Sorry. <laughs> unless we fight Jesus in the actual sequel to God of War, you know, I wouldn't see. I wouldn't look at a title like Ragnarok and think, oh, that's like an in between sequel thing, like Miles Morales. Kratos versus Jesus. That's the title of the episode. I honestly think we might get there. <laughs> Kratos versus Jesus. Let's do it. Kratos versus Jesus. Can you imagine? God. <laughs> Can you fucking Dude, imagine? The Sony building would be on fire. <laughs> oh my god. Just brutalize. God. Like, yeah, talk about a crusade. You just fucking reignite that war. <laughs> yeah. God. Um. But yeah, that's it for news. I think we're done. It's mostly everything. <laughs> There were some things that happened for sure. I mean, uh, RG, RGB passed away. Uh, yeah. So, oh no, RBG passed away. So, you know, rest in peace to her. I always, I always fuck that up. I always say RGB instead. I don't know. Yeah, why. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, uh, Supreme Court justice for I don't even know how long she was there for a long a while, time. Yeah. But yeah, um, that's a shame. But yeah, yeah. Uh, that's it for news. How was your week? You start off this week. Why don't you start off? I started off last week. Did I, start I started off, last, off week? last week. Oh fuck you! Well, I'm gonna start yeah. off this week. Yeah, you literally told me the same line of dialogue. Line all right. Well, dialogue. fuck you. you. Well, fuck you. I'm gonna. Well, fuck you. I'm gonna start this week. All right. Yeah, uh, you start. Fucker. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um. All right. Uh, <laughs> I want to die. Um. Same. Yeah. Just, did you uh, also watch Synecdoche, New York? <laughs> yeah, I did. Um. That's like the f- like third time or fourth time I saw it. Yeah. Wow, really? Okay. Yeah, dude, I've seen the movie a few times. Um, we'll, we'll get to that later. Yeah. yeah. Uh, besides that, um, lately, bro, I've been I've been reading a lot more. Uh, I mentioned last week how I've been reading The Prince, uh, uh, Niccolo Machiavelli. Um, it's really is that great. A long book? I don't no, know if I asked it, that before. It's not that long. It, it really isn't. Um, okay. I've just been like you know uh, on and off with it. 
mm-hmm. picking it up when I have time because last few days I've just been like f- completely fucked when in terms of homework, uh, yeah. getting a lot of it. Uh, yeah, uh, I been reading The Prince. I also ordered two more books. I ordered um, The Art of War by um, <laughs> by Shun Tzu. Uh, random, I know, but um, I've been uh, th- that's been a a an important book in terms of like philosophy and i've lately i've been really in not i've always been interested in philosophy but lately i've just been getting getting into it more and just studying it on my own um uh yeah uh art the art of war uh shunsu it's a two thousand year old book (laughs) um I started. I, I I already like read through like the the introduction of it, so I, I I guess I have like a good grasp on the context of of, of the the time period. It's Is it's it like about ancient. War? It's like ancient China. Um, yeah, it, yeah it's it, it's about strategy uh, mostly. Yeah, I figured. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, it yeah it it's like mostly about like war and like combat, but like you can attribute a lot of like just the strategic the strategic way of thinking to your own personal life, you know. And like it's just it, it it's it's a good it's a good book to like get a grasp on a concept like that you know whether you use it for good or bad is up to up, up to the beholder you know <laughs> uh, but that that's the thing with philosophy in general um, uh, yeah I really like philosophy a lot um, uh, yeah uh, the art of war came, the art of war came in the hardcover I also ordered Dune um, oh nice. Yeah, um, the Penguin Galaxy hardcover version, and it's really cool because uh, Penguin Galaxy they released like this little series of hardcover books, and it's like a, a, a few like really interesting cult classic books, things like Two Thousand One, uh, Neuromancer, uh, Dune, um, and they are it's like I guess like a little like uh, Neil Ga- uh, Neil Gaiman um, like favorite series. He he writes like little introductions for all of them. Yeah, um, it's just it's basically okay. We'll make an imprint, and you pick, get to pick out what are your favorite books. Yeah, some books you want to talk about, I guess. God, what and, a life! That'd be fun. I mean, yeah, dude. I'm dude. Like being being like a writer like that. Like the the perks are kind of limitless. Yeah, because like just being a writer in general. Like what you what you write just lasts forever. You know, like and. That, that's, I, I really, I really want you to get into Sandman. I know, like, I know you're, you're really I know. On your, uh, right no, no, I, I like Sandman is four hundred percent on my list, bro. Like, trust, trust me. me. Like, trust, I'm gonna watch. I, I'm gonna read that. I know. Look, trust me. I, I know. <laughs> I've gotten like I, I haven't finished the whole thing, but like I'm, I'm four volumes into it now because I was, I actually caught up a little bit more uh, when I had some free time this week. And man, it's not even just about. It's, it's, it's just about life. Yeah, <laughs> it's about everything, you know, and it's really, really beautiful the way he writes. It's it's insane. But yeah, yeah, Neil Gaiman's a Neil Gaiman's a, a character. Um, he definitely is. I mean, he literally modeled Dream after himself, which I find <laughs> to be funny. That's awesome. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, once I once I finish reading The Prince and The Art of War, I'm gonna I'm gonna finally get cracking on uh, on Dune. Uh, also, I, lately I've been watching a lot of Dune videos, like lore and just like talking about the series in general. I know a lot about Dune now. <laughs> <laughs> I know a good amount about Dune now. Um, I'm gonna read the books so I can fully like get you know the full context of everything. But like Dune is such an interesting series. Oh, there's a yeah. Oh no, sorry. Finish your finish. No, your no, no. What were you saying? What were you saying? No, I, I just I was looking up the the copy of Dune that you got. 
and I'm just it, it has a picture where it has this side by side comparison of all the other books in the in the lineup, mm-hmm. and it's literally uh, like next to the, uh, Once and Future King, it's like the second thickest book there, and like Neuromancer is like the like super small, like next to <laughs> twenty one uh, two thousand and one. I've always wanted to read Neuromancer. Same here. I I already have it listed on my cart now as you were talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the book, no, the, the cover is fucking sick. Yeah, uh, I love the Dune cover as well. It's fucking, it, it's great. Um, I like it too, but I think like that regular mass paper uh, paperback copy, the one where it's just like the vertical logo, and like I I assume it's Paul walking in the desert. That was cool too. Yeah. That that design, I like that one a lot too. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm going to get cracking on Dune. I know a lot about Dune now. Uh, Dune's super interesting because literally the whole point of the series is not about the story. It's more it's just about, about the like, just the... Huh? The spice? No. <laughs> yeah, the spice. It's actually the spice melange. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the spice melange, yeah. That's the, the, that's the terminology. Fucking... It's crazy, dude. Like, your eyes your eyes turn the deep blue, blue on top of blue. Fucking extend your life. Like crazy shit. They made and a. Th- there was a South Park episode, I think, like a season or two ago, where they substituted Tom Brady's poop for the spice melange. God. They literally called his shit the spice melange, and it would just be. I people, think I remember that. Yeah, th- it was just people giving like uh, inter- uh, reporters on a press conference with uh, Tom after like a Patriots game, and like literally all the questions were, "Can we have your poop? Can we please have your poop?" <laughs> Mr. Brady, please, can you send us your poop? And he's like, I don't want to give you guys my poop. <laughs> I mean, yeah. And then you find the, out the that s- it actually gives them power. <laughs> yeah, the the spice controls all. You know, the poop um, controls all. Yeah, uh, no. Um, the, the the entire but like the series is just pure. Like like the whole point of it is just purely on the philosophy behind everything, and like the the story kind of takes a backseat. Um, mm. and when I say thousands of years. This in this series really does like take a thousand like thousands of years because it, it's are, like, are you just saying that in the context of like the first book or like the entire series? The entire series. Okay. The entire series. Yeah, yeah. Like there's because like it's a very interesting like the whole point of like Dune is kind of like to not like to not idolize. Uh, to not, uh, to not idolize false messiahs kind of kind of thing. To like be wary of uh, charismatic leaders and be wary of people who seem like they have good intentions, you know? It's kind of mm-hmm. like the like the, the like a very grand general theme uh, for the series and like that theme kind of resonates and like throughout the entire series and like Paul, Timothy Chalamet's character mm-hmm. in the series, like if they were to continue uh, to do like let's say like one book is like two movies let's say they could start continuing that you know mm-hmm. doing it like that fucking jesus the, the things that happen with pa like his character and like his children like the direction nice. they go in and like fuck it's it's dark it's like it's crazy dark and it makes you- me it makes me really excited to read the book and it makes me really excited to watch the movie because I have a very different perspective on like Dune and all of, the, all of its characters now that I know a lot of the info. I'm not going to say the specifics because I don't know, you know, I don't want to spoil the book or the, the movie for anybody who's interested in it. But it, it's, I, I, I hear you it, on that, but I was going to say if you could put it on the Discord now so I could look it up later. <laughs> 
I'd yeah, be, I, it's I'd be done. yeah. Like, I'm gonna write something in the chat for you, um, so you can read that. But it's I'm I'm so fucking um, interested in, in in where where the movie could go because I would love to see you know a two parter movie of like you know the entire book. But I would love to see them continue the series because oh fuck like it it, it takes a fucking turn like I I just hope it makes money. You know, I just hope that movie makes money. Not even just for Dune, just for Denny at this point. Yeah, it's. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh. It sounds funny in concept. Like I'm thinking yeah. about it right now. I'm <laughs> just seeing. <laughs> That's interesting. All right. <laughs> Yeah, send me that video. I'm I'm really down to look into some of the Dune lore because I, I'm super super interested. Cool. Oh yeah, yeah, makes sense. That makes a yeah. lot of sense for a, for a, for what they're doing in this. Okay, <laughs> I li- I like where this is heading. Yeah, this it's ve- <laughs> I, <laughs> it, it, it's a lot. <laughs> it, it's really, really. I, I keep writing Raul like the, 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 the different things I know, and it's insane. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, so I'm really interested. Uh, yeah, I'm actually gonna look uh, uh, the the YouTube channel I've been uh, I've been watching with the Dune uh, videos. Its name is Quinn's Ideas. Quinn's and ideas. Quinn's Ideas. Yeah, he's like a he does like uh, lore videos on different like book series, mostly Dune. That's like his favorite, but he's done different ones on like um, on Game of Thrones on. Um, on this uh this sci-fi series, I don't know if you ever heard of it. I believe it's called uh, let me see uh, fuck, I'm trying to look for it. It starts with an R. Uh, sorry for the dead. No uh, idea for the dead yeah. air. <laughs> the dead air. Sorry, <laughs> we're just uh, thinking right now. You know, no, I'm j- I'm just like looking for uh that specific book series. It looks really cool. But yeah, Quinn's idea is that that's his YouTube channel, and it has a bunch of great uh, the foundation. There you go. I don't know if you ever. Oh heard of that. yeah, the foundation trilogy. We talked yeah. about this on the show before, but yeah, it's yeah, Isaac yeah. Asimov. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to read that. Uh, uh, definitely, but um, yeah, just everything that's going on with Dune is insane, <laughs> and where yeah, the series. That's can a really. Go. I, I'm honestly not really surprised by this tidbit, but yeah, just the I'm, first thing I sent you is just no, like, not wow. even that, not even that. The third thing you sent me, I yeah. figured we'd get there somewhere, how somewhere. I don't know if that so happens in, be in this book, but yeah, it's oh it's god, what a downer of an ending. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and and <laughs> apparently from everything I've seen, it, it looks like that Denny the New has understands where uh where um dune what dune was going for because like the other books they kind of like i mean the other adaptations they kind of like sprinkle over a lot of like the ass a lot of the things that make dune dune you know like david lynch's take didn't really have a like didn't really understand the point of the of the uh of the source material you know no that was more of a studio thing too because because lynch wanted it's arguably both arguably both Arguably it could both. have been, but it was definitely a. The, the thing is, when I look back at uh, when I read about Dune's production hin- history, it sounds like it was more of a Dino De Laurentiis problem than a David Lynch problem, because well, he what, actually was really interested in taking on that. And if it wasn't gonna be that, it would have actually been uh, Episode Six. It would have been Return of the Jedi. 
which he actually was pretty interested in. In well, no, actually, he was he he was interested in it to a bit, but the story goes that if it wasn't going to be Dune, he was consider considering doing Return of the Jedi, which was like as Lynch puts it uh, in retrospect, more of like a fleeting like thought in his head that like it immediately came and went, and that was it before he took on Dune. I also I also wanna want to check out um eventually when we're, when we get closer to like dune's release i mean, I, I might recommend or I, i'm gonna suggest uh um jodorowsky's dune jodorowsky's oh dune. yeah no i've i've seen that documentary it's fantastic yeah no i, I yeah so you've talked about it on the show have you yeah well yeah, I, yeah. I, I i mentioned that it was free on prime uh and it's free on prime for anybody who wants to watch it but yeah, yeah i'm definitely gonna watch that it's literally the closest thing we could ever get to, you know, a full realization of what Jodorowsky's Dune movie would have been like. Yeah. And it was just fucking wild. It yeah. was insane. And, but Jodorowsky was also another person who really didn't get the source material of Dune. He really got Dune. And like, and I'm not even like, I'm not paraphrasing at all. He literally says, I, I raped Dune. I raped Dune. Yeah, I raped it. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's like he 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 kind of got Dune and like made it his own thing. Thing completely. It would have looked cool though. Oh yeah! Oh my really god! Really fucking yeah. cool though. But also, when I think about it, it's like there's so many things that came out of like that version of Dune, the movie that never came out that we see now today, because mm-hmm. it really influenced a lot for a movie that never came out. You know? Yeah. And just oh, Dune no, in general, the source it, material, because Dune the is thing cute. is when you look at when when you look at like Dune and John Carter, are, like the two biggest examples of just like modern day sci fi blockbusters. That's literally like that. So much science fiction is inspired from both of those stories. You know, probably not, one more so than the other. But yeah, not only that, like the Star Wars and then like Star Wars, um, Oblivion. Um, the, oh, Oblivion just, is a, literally everything. Though. Yeah, it's literally everything. <laughs> it's inspired by everything. But yeah, no, like John Carter, John Carter is to Star Wars as like Dune is to Blade Runner. Honestly. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Dune sounds fun. Dune. I love colonialism. Fun. <laughs> fun. Yeah. That's one way to phrase it. But yeah, um, Dune is, is pretty fucking cool. I'm very excited for, for that and to read it. Um, you played Black Ops we're talking about Cold War? I played a little bit of Black Ops Cold War. The alpha uh, ends today or it already ended. Um yeah, I did. Um, it's okay. Uh, it's an alpha, which makes sense. You know, it's pretty clunky. I didn't um, even know it was this week. I yeah, I completely. Yeah, completely yeah. That, that, that completely. That like I had read it, but like it just it went over my mind completely. So I I was only able to play it today. Which by the way, today is uh, September twenty first. Uh, oh happy yeah, Sunday, guys. Oh wow, we haven't uh, well, we haven't gotten. No, well, to actually, no. Actually, it's, it's, a Monday it's Monday now. Yeah. It's a Monday now, but we record this. We record this late on Sundays usually. Um, but, um, yeah, the, uh, the alpha, it's clunky. Um, I can tell you right now, uh, I, 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 having a PC has finally conditioned me to like only get, only getting used to like a hundred plus frames and nothing lower (laughs) because fucking Jesus playing on the PS4 and like pushing like 30 frames per second was not fun. (laughs) was not, was not fun at all. I, I, I definitely felt in 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 performance personally like I, I just I <laughs> it's harder for me. Yeah. Uh I've like keyboard and mouse is definitely the way to go. Um <laughs> funny enough I <laughs> funny enough um my first game I went uh I went like 
I went to like uh, negative, but like I, it was like eight kills and nine deaths. So it was whatever, you know, first game. Second game I had went negative completely. Like fucking three kills and like 20 deaths. Like, uh, was, was What map was this on? I haven't played Miami. If oh, okay. that's if that if that's where the question was going. Yeah, I was. Was it even <laughs> available or no? I, th- I think it was. I think it was available. Yeah, but I I didn't get to play it. I played on satellite mostly. Satellite and Moscow. Satellite mm-hmm. is the really cool uh, open map, where there's like a lot of like um there's like a lot of uh points where you could like go on top and you can scout people out uh sniping in this game is insane uh the sniping got a boost and they confirmed that it's definitely getting a nerf uh come the finished build but the sniping in in the game is like really smooth and really snappy uh it's a thing that a lot of people missed from uh modern warfare and we just haven't had a great sniping in forever uh probably the last great sniping in a call of duty game was like fucking i don't know modern warfare 2 maybe um i have no idea man <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but um yeah I, I i'm enjoying it uh <laughs> there's a few times when i was like uh when i was you know playing the game all i hear is die you communist bastards or like <laughs> nice <laughs> or just like <laughs> the american soldiers just screaming out die you fucking commies like it was <laughs> super patriotic it was hilarious <laughs> back um, in the ussr i love it <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, it, it's fun. Yeah, it, it, it's fun. Uh, again, it's an alpha. It's clunky. You know, it's not it's not perfect at all. Uh, when it comes back uh, for the beta, uh, it's gonna come out on PS4 first, then eventually on PC. I'm definitely gonna I'm gonna aim for that PC release because like fuck, like playing on PS4 is just not the way to go anymore. My PS4 can't take it anymore, dude. It literally sounds <laughs> that like, fan is just going out of control. It sounds like. It sounds like what was a sponge? What was a SpongeBob or Patrick that was on the iron lung? That's what it sounded like. <laughs> it's, yeah, that's what my PS4 sounds like. Lung. Yeah, no, it's 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 terrible. I've gotten conditioned to the hundred plus frames per second. My P my PC elitism has gotten to a point of no return. <laughs> no wonder you're um, reading Art of War. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, uh, it's pretty fun. Uh, update on on JoJo. Uh, I. Um, I haven't continued much on part three, but I plan to change that soon. Um, You're five episodes I, in, you said, right? Yeah, I'm like five or six episodes in. Uh, Jean-Pierre Ponedov uh, is my fucking boy. He's fucking sick. Everyone tells me he gets get way me better. It's going to get yeah, even e- better. <laughs> everyone tells me Ponerif is literally the goat. Like he's. It, everyone tells me he's just the best, and I can't wait to see uh what else he gives me? Uh, I still hate Jotaro. He's a crybaby bitch. Hard of gold, but a crybaby bitch. Yeah, no, uh, he'll he'll definitely get used to. You'll definitely get used to him as the series goes on. But it's really Papa just Joseph. Like, oh, fuck! <laughs> he stole my the body. When when Holly uh, told Joseph that don't call me Holly, call me by uh, what they call me here, he starts freaking the fuck out. Yeah. <laughs> why well you don't like the name i gave you <laughs> like, <laughs> that intro to part three i forgot we didn't even talk about i love it, it. Much. it's, it's great. so funny shut up you bitch okay Dude, it's just a giant it, logo slapped on her face uh, fuck the, that and like the actual like uh intro like the music yeah oh uh, my god stand I love proud it. is so good it's great oh, it's uh, the beginning with intro. with the three joe star with the three like jojos it's it's great it really feels like it's the culmination of like everything that's being laid up with this whole Dio situation. 
Yeah. Which, oh, uh, man, wait till you get the fucking Dio, boy. Oh, it's so I good. can't wait. I yeah. He's, like, in the shadows and shit. I wonder why that is. Um, but, yeah, I'm really enjoying uh, the direction that this is going. The stands are really fucking cool. Uh, um, uh, Joseph, who's Star Platinum. Is that what it was? Or? Uh, Jotaro's a Star Platinum. Joseph is no, J- Jotaro, uh, Hermit Purple. Hermit, yeah. Hermit Purple. And then, uh, it's a shitty stand, it? mind you. I don't really yeah, it really is. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's so pointless. <laughs> it really is like yeah fuck you joseph stick stick to hamon um uh fucking pawner of silver chariot oh yeah oh it's fantastic fucking sick and then uh what was the other guy uh green uh, uh emerald splash with uh oh yeah emerald. no emerald splash is the power the the name is green her no uh, her, I, is it her something yeah yeah the emerald splash is the power i can't remember now but uh, then there's Mohammed Avdol, which I crimson. Uh, what was it? Crimson Bird or Crimson Fire? Something like that. Yeah. It's, uh, Crossfire Fire Crimson. Crossfire Hurricane is the name of his of his ability, but oh, Crimson man. King. No. Oh no. No. Trust me. You're too. You're going way too deep. Crimson King oh, is Jesus not Christ. someone. It's he is that is not Mohammed Avdol. Don't get okay. me started. You are okay. you are you're thinking way too deep right now. <laughs> Slow down there, buddy. Slow down. He'll get to Crimson King in a minute, but yeah, that that crew is fantastic. I I, I told you it's so, they they it's such it's literally just like giant buff men camaraderie. But I it, love it. It's so it's it's so good. And yeah, fucking Jotaro is just built like a fucking linebacker. Yeah, <laughs> like even though he's like fucking fifteen huge, years bro. old. He's seventeen. Yeah, <laughs> he's seventeen. That's it. He's seventeen and like literally fucking smashed Papa Joseph in one fucking finger. <laughs> It's so funny. I kind of, I, I kind of wish they made Papa Joseph uh, the English dub. I'm watching, I'm watching Japanese dub, but I wish they made the English dub Japanese. I mean, uh, sorry, I wish they made the English dub like voice, uh, uh British. The voice actor also be British. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. That that threw me off like out of nowhere when I heard it too, especially because it feels like two different characters. It feels like two different characters. They technically are, and I, I can mean, understand yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, grown, but like I would have expected I, a British accent too. Yeah, I forget. I, I forget that that's Joseph. Sometimes that that's that that's the same Joseph. Yeah, you know? like for me, the way I kind of see it, at least the way it sounds, like it feels like you're going from, you know, you're literally going from Nigel from uh, KND, but it feels like you're going from a James Bond type to Tom Cruise. You know, like in terms of how the voice sounds, it's not super even Tom different. Cruise. Like fucking, I don't know, like someone just gruffer and louder. I feel <laughs> you, but I just think of Tom Cruise for some reason when I want to like fan cast a live action stardust crusaders for some reason i think like if they would ever do that in the like in the future like an old tom cruise would be perfect for a joseph i don't know why i i I literally think that just because of like how thick his jawline is like it's just it's super cartoony obviously because it's anime but for some reason i look at it and i see tom cruise i see like a younger patrick warburton yeah, yeah, that is a pretty good one, actually. Yeah, or yeah. like, or like, or like Carl Urban. <laughs> Carl Urban would be pretty good. Uh, any as any Joseph uh, as any JoJo character, I think Carl Urban would kill it. He would be a stand, and he would be fantastic. What was uh? I remember a while ago you were you you gave us like stand names. Yours is uh right? No, and it's not Ride the Lightning. It's for whom the bell tolls. Mine is Footloose. Yeah. <laughs> nice. You could have your own name too. This is just what I designated you. Yeah. 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 yeah I grabbed we my have, arrow. We have, we have, 
we have to pick it we have to decide it based on the tarot cards no no i mean you could but yeah, fuck tarot, it. <laughs> trust me it's it's not really about the tarot cards at the end of the day it's just yeah. how cool they are yeah it's kind of a cool thing right like an <laughs> yeah no trust me it's like you know the meme you'll you'll hear the meme araki forgot when you like read more into jojo but that is literally a thing like araki writes so much cool shit that he literally forgets some things and it kind of feels like things are just like retconned in a sense and they kind of are <laughs> because he just forgot that this character had this one important thing there it there's a this isn't a spoiler for part five but this is a perfect example for it in the first episode of part five journal has a power where literally he could retract the pain that he is being inflicted on to the person that is attacking him so a guy puts a, uh, a guy pulls out a shovel and slams it to his chest to stab him right and his power, his stand ability, was able to ref- uh, reflect that pain back into that other person. Mm-hmm. That never gets brought up again in part five. <laughs> they never use it again at all. I'm excited to see what, where else where else JoJo goes because I I'm fucking loving. I'm, I'm really liking part three. It gets I more still, erotic. I, and I love it. I I still I still like. Uh, I still obviously love uh, Brun. Um, I still obviously love. Uh, uh, part two so far the most, but um, definitely, I I love uh, I'm liking part three a lot. That's good. Yeah, part three yeah. is part three is mostly it's it's mostly an enemy of the week type of thing, but it's it's really held up with you know its sense of characters and when you get into more stand battles, they become more big brain um, fight uh, fight stuff, and it's really fun. Yeah. yeah. That's cool. What about you? What about you? Uh, I realized that Archer came back on Wednesday. Oh shit, that's and right. I, I yeah. caught up on I caught up on the first two episodes of season eleven of Archer. I need catch up in general. I know the last season was dog shit, right? No, I I wouldn't say it was dog shit. I liked the last season. I liked season. I thought, you, I thought you told me you hated it. I hated some parts of it, but I really, for me, the lowest point of Archer, like of recent of the recent seasons, was when they went to like Danger Island. Because the only funny thing for me was that, like, Krieger was a parrot. Mm-hmm. But that was it. Uh, but this time, it's really different. They're, they finally got rid of... They're finally done with the whole dreams... Um, the dream scenarios. Uh, and Archer finally woke up from his coma. Oh, and, shit. Yeah, honestly... Okay, they he woke up in... He woke up from his coma in the season in the season 10 finale. Which I think was also Adam Reed's, like, last creative episode. Like, the one that... He, the last one that he wrote and directed. Before mm-hmm. like stepping off from the series, but he still plays. Um, oh my god, who's the who's the gay agent? I keep forgetting his name. Ah oh, fuck, uh, dude, I haven't seen Archer in years. The blonde guy, you know what I'm yeah, talking yeah, about, yeah, right? Yeah, with the mustache. Yeah. yeah, he still plays him, but he. I don't think he's writing or directing in, uh, the sh- uh, any episodes anymore. That was mm-hmm. his last one, and it ended on re- a really really nice, um, like little tribute to Archer. From the very beginning up to that point, where it's just like a clip show of a bunch of like high points of his life and the characters, and literally just from the beginning of the show to like that present point when he's starting to wake up from the coma, and he wakes up, and it's honestly it's one of the sweetest scenes I've I've, I've ever seen from the show because you realize that Mallory just never left his sight. She made a bed for herself and is her own little like lounging area, you know, just so she could stay in the hospital, you know, to be the first person to see him wake up. 
but then they slowly turn it into like a weird funny like incest type of thing like they always do in the show and it's just <laughs> like and it's just mallory going closer to archer being like we're here together now it's okay and it's archer is just like freaked out <laughs> archer and- was a good was a good binger for me Oh, it's so fucking funny. That was yeah. a really good binge for me. That was, that was a fun summer. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've noticed that like every summer I pick one show to like to just completely just binge over. What was that for Archer you was this one season? Of them. Uh, what was that th- for you this, this summer? This summer? Sopranos again? For me? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even joking. Um, I, was, I was actually, I was being serious. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess you can consider JoJo. Oh, yeah. But that's more of a, this. we're like, we're, we're kind of more into the fall now. I mean, it's yeah. a no, yeah, that's I'll, you look. I'll take what I can get. That's fine. Yeah, it's, it's JoJo. It's I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. It, it, it. It's been JoJo, and then like the movies we've been watching. Yeah. yeah. What was the last season you saw of Archer? Was it when he got shot and sent into a coma? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you literally have those three seasons of him in the L.A. Noir forty set, which is Dreamland. Yeah. The I, one I, after I, that, I, which is Danger Island, and then the, actually now that I think uh, about it, I think I, I think I saw. I think I saw Dreamland. Dreamland's I good. Have. I like that one. I like that one a lot because they also deal with... They don't directly deal with it, but they also kind of deal with, like, um, Woodhouse's death. Not only in mm-hmm. real life because the guy who played him died, but also, you know, like, they killed off the character because they didn't want to... They didn't want to... They felt wrong. You know, they felt weird, like, trying to recast uh, Woodhouse after that guy died. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's why... That's part of why I like Dreamland. Danger Island, I didn't really care for because it was just... It was just boring. And the only funny thing to me was just that... Pam was really, really strong, and uh, and Krieger was a parrot, and that's it. <laughs> and it's literally just Krieger just saying, like, parrot sounds, and then he just talks out of nowhere like courage. And then 1999 was... 1999 was funny. Pam was a, a giant green alien, which I found funny. Because <laughs> she looked like the thing, but without any rock pieces. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's, that's just how I pictured it. But now we pick up to season 11, where uh, it's been three months since he woke up. And it's uh, Archer. Archer has a cane now that has like a bunch of cool little gadgets tacked onto it, like knockout gas and a taser and shit like that. Uh, and it's him basically, you know, living in a PC world where, where like everybody's also kind of moved on from him. So, okay, so, so it's, it's fucking great. Okay. It's it's funny in that regard, but it's even funnier cuz like they it's just constant low blow jokes every time he shows up where um <laughs> he has an argument with Cheryl because Cheryl is acting like she's a new and improved version of herself even though she's still a fucking psychopath and Archer <laughs> says something along the lines of you used to be funny and cool. And she says, well, you used to have working legs. And it's just stuck in silence from the whole crew. It's so funny. Uh, but Cheryl's uh, trying... Archer, Archer's so great, dude. It's so funny. It's so fucking funny. It, it really felt like, a, fre- like a, uh, a breath of fresh air again because I got tired of the dream seasons. I thought it was just going to be like a one and done thing. But, you know, it made me miss, like, the old school Archer. It made me miss, like, the whole, like, the spyware stuff and, you know, the, 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 yeah, the whole spy mission aspect of it and just, you know, the pure toxic masculinity <laughs> and, like, <laughs> fucked up jokes about it. It's funny. Uh, like, um, Cyril is now, like, super buff and strong, which is, Jesus. like, it, it makes Archer uncomfortable. And it's so funny because <laughs> he's trying to put him down every chance he gets. Uh, Pam he's is super literally... Insecure. Yeah, aside from aside from Mallory, Pam is the only person that genuinely misses Archer. 
And like they have a sweet uh-huh. little scene of that first episode where it's like, I miss the shit out of you. You and and uh she's like she's the one that hasn't changed the most. That's changed the least, actually. Pam mm-hmm. uh <laughs> no, sorry, no, uh Lana, my bad. Lana left Archer for Steven Tobolowski. <laughs> okay. It's literally it's not actually Steven Tobolowski, but he play like he plays a character in the show now. He's like a like a massive art dealer now. And it's literally modeled after Tobolowski's face. And it's he's like this big nerd billionaire that is also kind of like like low-key throwing uh jabs at Archer for basically being like for basically saying he's because ba- he's basically acting like I'm the nerd that took your hot wife and now you're gonna deal with it. <laughs> it's really funny. So everybody's like, just like shitting on Archer the entire Yeah, season. everybody just shits on Archer in these first two episodes. And that's when the him. show's funniest yeah and it's it's so fucking funny because it's just him trying to say like trying to act like he he knows like he's coming back to the swing of things but he's been fucking up these missions like em- tremendously it's so fun uh it felt if it, it felt nice coming back to that sense of art like that that for, to what archer used to be again you know mm-hmm. yeah and for a show that's been running for 11 fucking seasons like yeah. you know like i would argue you know you shouldn't be the same thing every season but this is one of those rare exceptions where it's like it's like always sunny for me where like it's the show is better when it's like this sort of thing, you know? Yeah. It's and, taking the same formula and just like expanding on it. Yeah. It's just more misogynistic. It's more funny. It's just more more dark. misogynistic and being critical of the fact that it's more misogynistic. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. so fucking funny. Uh, That's just good stuff. Yeah. No, it's uh, I would recommend watching season 11. It's it's a fun return to form. Uh, I started watching a new show on Toonami. It's actually an old shonen manga. Well, no, not an old shonen manga, but it's relatively uh, old, given that it came out. I want to, I want to say like around twenty fifteen. Uh, I started watching Assassination Classroom. Have you heard hey. of this? Yes, I have. Okay, I've heard a lot about it. I love the concept of this. For those yeah, of you who sick. don't know, this is a this is a shonen uh, anime series where. A group of children, a group of high school students that are ranked in the lowest uh, ranking of their of their high school division in Japan are greeted by their new teacher, which is this squid alien thing that, like, as of a few minutes before joining the class, blew up two thirds of the moon and nice. declares and, and made a pact with the government uh, and made a pact with like the world's governments to basically train these kids to figure out a way to kill him and also be their teacher before um before he destroys the world around the time they they, they graduate so, so, uh, in the next year sounds about shonen yeah sounds about shonen it's a really funny and interesting premise and it's just it i, I was surprised by how sweet it was and it's also just like appropriately darkly funny as well because it's just a bunch of a bunch of these kids that like society deems as like uh, as lesser as like nobodies that won't have a future uh, in anything. Learning from this giant squid monster, uh, like you know, learning like the uh, like learning the good things about themselves and you know like uh, being ta- like tapping into their actual like good potential. Not only through like academics, but also trying to find new ways to uh, properly kill this monster it's really funny because it, it, it it's most it, for the most part i think it plays it out like a, as a comedy 
and there's a moment where they call him Koru Sensei because I think Koru is Japanese for unkillable or something like that, or God. untouchable. Yeah, because he's also he he his his regular like walking speed, his regular running speed is like Mach twelve, so like he's okay. literally faster than the fucking like speed of sound. Um, and there's a scene where he's just like he's really love he's really like kind and generous to the students, and he uh sometimes the kids take that as an uh, they exploit that as a weakness to us uh, in this scene where he's like making a picnic. And he sees some of the kids like happily, gingerly, gingerly uh, running towards him, wanting to join him in this picnic. And then they, he slowly realizes that they all have like this super powered knife that is like specifically designed to murder him. And they all just jump on top of him to try to stab him. <laughs> and it just plays off really funny. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's uh, apparently it's not that long of a series. It's like it's two seasons. So for a Toonami show, it's going to be around for a while at least, which is a good thing for the block. And yeah. it's something that's going to keep me interested for, you know, you know, for for for, st- for at least, you know, sticking to Toonami and watching something on there in the block. I've been wanting to watch this for a while cuz I always like the I always like the visual of the main guy of Koru Sensei cuz it's just his his giant like big smiley face with the tentacles. I think that's such a cool design in my opinion. Mm-hmm. And yeah, uh, fun show. I I'm I'm like three episodes in. I'll probably update that. I'll I'll probably give an update on that when I'm done with it eventually. But yeah, I watch, liked yeah. it. It was a fun show. It's a fun it's a fun little shonen thing I'm watching. And that was my week. Didn't really have that much. That was that. I had school. Uh, I tested negative again for COVID, hey. which is great. Yeah, we're 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 required on campus to test uh, biweekly now. So, yeah, I gotta order my next kit now too. Well, the good thing is my school is covering it, so I don't have to pay for any of these testing kits. So, awesome! Like, <laughs> I don't have to worry about that at least. <laughs> yeah. Imagine imagine having to pay to find out whether whether or not you <laughs> whether or not you have a life threatening disease. Yeah. Uh, it, imagine having to pay like the regular tuition for you know going online a semester. <laughs> Horrible. I, I, I still think that's fucked up, but yeah, whatever. I'm glad I'm not sick. I'm glad you're not sick. I'm glad <laughs> a lot of people I know aren't sick, and that's great. That was my week. Let's talk about this movie, I guess. <laughs> you start off. <laughs> you set this up. What 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 are we talking about? What movie? What film? With an E, like with an E, with like a little checker on the side, to make it sound more French. What 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 film did we watch this week, Victor? We watched one of my favorite movies uh, of all time, uh, written and directed by the great great Charlie Kaufman, a man that we discussed thoroughly uh, last week, um, uh, because we talked about I'm thinking of ending things, which mm-hmm. came out on Netflix, and you should watch. It's really good. Uh, <laughs> after after watching this. I'd probably recommend watching I'm Thinking of Ending Things first before so I'd like to get New York. Or, you know, you John, being John Malkovich. Uh, I'll yeah, get there. Yeah. I'll get to that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, let's get New York. Uh, came out in 2008, starring Philip Seymour Hoffman, uh, Samantha Morton, Jennifer Jason Lee, Michelle Williams, Catherine Keener. Um, Emily about, Watson, oh, too. Emily Watson as well. Yeah, yeah. Tom Noonan uh, and a bunch of people. Uh, great cast. A guy named and, Derek. Yeah. <laughs> and basically, I'm going to give you the synopsis that's on Letterboxd. Uh, a theater director struggles with his work and the woman in his life. 
and the women in his life as he attempts to create a life-size replica of New York inside a warehouse as part of his new play. Okay, wild. <laughs> First well, of all, the synopsis. I mean, they weren't wrong. That. It wasn't yeah. wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, this, I, the reason why I call this one of my favorite movies of all time because I genuinely believe, I, I don't think I've ever seen a more dense film than this one. Dense like dense is an appropriate way to put this. Yeah. When, when I say that literally every single frame of this movie has meaning, every single shot, every single cut is so specific and calculated that you, every single time I watch this movie, I find something different. It feels like I'm watching a completely different movie every single time. And this is the kind of movie that kind of, that kind of ask a lot from the audience. It begs you to, it begs you to come back, and it begs you to experience. It begs you to to look at this film, take it and put it away, and come back to it in a later point in your life. And I think this is, uh, by definition of timelessness, whatever we consider timelessness, I think this is the most timeless film <laughs> that I've ever seen. Well, I mean, the movie's <laughs> narrative is pretty timeless as well because it's pretty, pretty liberal in how it it presents that. But liberal is an understatement. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's fucking wild. <laughs> uh, I I mean, yeah, backing I, I, off, you, uh, yeah, backking on that. This is my this is my first time. You, what you said this is what your fifth time watching this? Uh, like like third or fourth? God damn! Uh, yeah. This is this is my first time watching this and. I I was I I I expected something from Charlie Kaufman to say the least. I I knew this that's is actually, one yeah, of his. That's a good question. What did you expect? Like, what did you think this movie was about? Like, before going in. No, I mean, I figured it would be the, some of the. It would tie into some of the things that he was, you know, that Kaufman is known for in his career, which is, you know, the overlonging pressures of life and relationships <laughs> and just yeah. you know existential humanity and what is oh, yeah. what like individualism and all of that and just <laughs> what is individuality yeah, what is the individual <laughs> i i just didn't expect it to be cranked up in this sort of um in this sort of like heightened yeah it's 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 at both it's at times super super realistic and also like oddly satirical which is yeah you know which is not surprising given that like spike jones had a hand in this movie as a producer and you could kind of see that some of that influence play out with this with like you know even though this feels more of a charlie kaufman thing but with like the cartoon playing in the background of the tv or um or you know we'll get into specifics later and spoilers i guess i don't even know how the fuck you could well you can't spoil this movie it's, it's yeah, pretty easy to uh yeah, but like with the house that's with, with the with the house that this person that with the house that I'm on fire that this person is perfectly fine <laughs> going inside of you know it's a metaphor but it's also played in such a humor in such a humorous way it's like what did she say it's like uh it, it's weird choosing the place where i'm gonna die or something like that yeah it's it's really interesting um Aside from that, I mean, I expected that. I just didn't. Um, I was obviously. I just didn't expect you know the narrative to go in such directions like this. Where, you know, I expected some sort of thing with you know time being kind of this loose concept, and <laughs> you know things just kind of happen or already happened, and you know the lead character Philip Seymour Hoffman as uh, Caden, 
uh, Caden Cohart. Cohart? Let me get the name here. Caden Cotard. Cotard, yeah. Yeah. Um, oh. he's, he's experiencing it, you know, through his own sense of real time, even though we really don't know what real time is. Uh, I, I expected that, but... Um, what I really took out of it at, uh, right after I finished my first viewing of it, this is literally like minutes before we like set up for the podcast, was that this was a very honest and you know obje- uh, objectively heartbreaking portrayal of a life full of regret and you know looking backwards instead of embracing the present and the future, you know. And it's presented in just the thing is like yeah dense is a, dense is, is an appropriate way to describe it, but it's very necessary with the story that's being told here because there is just much like life there's a lot of things that add up in a person's um, psyche in, in a person's in a person's psyche and in a person's life that you know lead them to you know where they eventually end up in death and. It made a lot of sense, and it was just it. It, it I f- had that same feeling. I it, I had the same feeling I had when I watched Manchester by the Sea, which was this is a very thoughtful and you know heartbreaking portrayal of life, but it's just there's so much like fucked up and sad shit that goes on in the so movie that it feels like it feels like you've lived a life with this person with Caden by the time you're done with this movie. And I really 100%. liked it in that regard. I don't really know how I, um, like, I, I don't have a fuck. I don't have a rating for this fucking movie yet. I just literally just watched it. I don't. Yeah, know this I is not. Th- yeah, you. Yeah, this is not I, the like, kind a of rating movie. isn't a. Pro- like, I don't even think a rating's fucking appropriate for a movie like this. You know, like I like the movie, but I, I like God. They, there's so much to fucking untangle with this, where it's like giving a four star or a five star just kind of feels meaningless. Kind of like how life itself feels like meaningless at some points. Or how Caden I, I ta- sees life in that. <laughs> I remember when I remember when I, when I talked about this movie. Uh, uh, I want to say like a year ago or like a, like a while ago, back on yeah. the show. Uh, like I re- I reviewed it, and at the time I didn't really under- understand the full the full grasp of all the themes of it, and I didn't love it as much as I do now. Mostly because again I didn't have a full grasp of what the movie was going for, and I guess just. I'm young. I'm very young. I'm su- we're both super fucking young. Yeah, we're in our and 20s. Yeah, we're we're early 20s, very early 20s in fact. We have a life where we hopefully don't have to regret a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Like and and I noticed that like, you know, as you know, we are very young, but a lot of things happen in a very short time period that I feel like change us rapidly than than it changes us in a faster rate than we can kind of brace ourselves for. Well, I mean, I wouldn't speak I I, I won't speak for us specifically, you know, what's happened in our lives, but we've lived in the generation where we've gone through two financial crises, one going on right now, you know, massive tragedies in schools, in, you know, the World Trade Center at war, you know, and we've definitely gone through, like, there's definitely a generation that's gone through a lot of fucked up shit, to say the least. No, yeah, yeah. and like, I, which, and I like, which is why I think this movie is also super relatable in that regard as well, because it's just, you know, it's not dealing with that sort of stuff, but it's dealing, it's that sort of thing that Tr- Kaufman does really well. And I'm thinking of ending things and I don't, I, I can't compare it, you know, to how he does it with this, but he, he's doing the same thing that he's doing there where, 
you know, he is presenting life as this thing where you're fucked. <laughs> yeah. Not, not where you're fucked, but you know, we all kind of go through the struggles together. It's not really just like at the end of the day, it's not really just one person's unique story. Everybody goes through death. Everybody Everybody's goes through everybody. grief. Heart- yeah, everybody is everybody. Everybody goes through grief and heartbreak and all these sorts of great and terrible things in life. You know, I, and, the, and, it, and obviously, it's this movie's more focused on the negative things that happen in life, and it, it, and for good reason, given the end, uh, given the ending. But you know, that is something that I, I I could definitely relate to personally, and I think a lot of people can too. I mean, yeah, this is a very transparent movie in terms of how you can relate to it. Because even though, like, even though, like, you know, not everybody is a critically renowned uh, theater theater director uh, with a with a wife and a child, you know, but the, which one? <laughs> the overall. That's Jesus. such a fucked up joke. I fucking love that. Yeah, dude. Uh, I need to go find my real daughter. I mean, uh, oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's that was that's fucked. sad. Dude. Um, yeah. Um, there's um, where was I going with that? Jesus Christ. Yeah, we we all relate. We can all relate to different aspects of this movie because there was one comment that I saw when I first saw the movie and after like I, after I saw like a few videos about it and I was just trying to like, you know, kind of piece together how I thought about it. There's one comment I saw that kind of like really like really portrayed the best feeling. I think everybody will, will take away from this would be, I didn't understand it, but I thought it. Yeah. This is a movie. This is a movie where even if you don't really get what it's going for and you don't understand, you don't really understand like kind of, uh Kaufman's like style and this is like super new because it's not it's not really it's not a very uh accessible it's not a very accessible film this isn't the kind of movie you you'd show like at a at a middle school like at a middle school pizza day you know like this is not like I would actually I would actually love to see that though in concert oh my god oh yeah yeah Oh yeah, um, it's but, like a ball, a bunch of balding middle schoolers by the end of that fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, honestly, like it, it really like th- th- this is a film that really does beg its audience to experience life and to 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 realize what it means to grow and to realize what it means to to experience things, experience things and change because of them and. I and I feel like e- even e- even as a person who hasn't who arguably hasn't gone through much who hasn't gone through much of life you know with like much of an experience you know I've I've lived in Miami my entire life like I I haven't really seen much of the the outside world you know mm-hmm. but but as I get older there's just things like you know relationships get broken you know um, people, people die leave your, people leave people your die life. you know. People leave your life, yeah, and like you, you start seeing what Charlie Kaufman means when, as he watches the film, as you, as you continue to watch the film, you know, throughout your life cycle, and like, I think, I think the, I think the fact that this film is just so, it's so oddly relatable to almost everybody. And it's a weird thing. It's a weird thing to watch because, like, like yeah, like this, like this man is living such a specific life with such specific scenarios that are happening to yeah. To but it. the emotions and the, it's all there. You know, the feelings that are coming out of it, you know, are they? They're every they're universal. Can look at that. They're universal. They're, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like it's it. It really is like 
it, it, it's a testament to like just the, the the type of understanding that Charlie Coffin has when it comes to people and when it comes to just like life in general. Like I don't I I don't think there's a the, there's a filmmaker. Well, there are, there are, but like the, like in terms of like you know my person my personal taste in filmmakers like there isn't one that captures the the human state and the emotional state of people as well as charlie kaufman because yeah it's like uncomfortable and yeah it's brutal but it's so real it's it's so honest like there are scenes there's parts in this movie where fucking phil seymour hoffman caden is just getting his life is just kicking the shit out of him like every everywhere he I'd turns argue life kicks the shit out of him throughout the entire film <laughs> yeah through the end through the, the entire film and it's just you're just there you're like god jesus christ how can this guy take so how can this guy take so much and like it's oh fuck dude i love this movie so much like it's, it's really good and like again going you know you guys have heard how much i fucking love philip seymour hoffman he's he's my favorite actor and like this this it's performance an incredible performance oh yeah. my he goes through every range you can imagine every hoop and hurdle it, like just hysterical moments uh like hysterical, hysterical moments of fear uh sadness um a joyfulness just a rare joyfulness but it's there sometimes well it's interesting because like, like for the most part i saw it um, for the beginning at least up until a certain point in a diner well not in a diner in a cafe like for me i kind of felt it I felt like his performance was very controlled given the context of what he was going through with, uh, with Catherine Keener who plays his wife. And, uh, I can't remember the, the kid actress who plays his daughter, but, uh, she's Olive. great. Yeah. 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 Like, give, like what's going on there for me, I, I saw it more of a, you know, I saw that his performance as very controlled, putting on a mask. Like, yeah. Like somebody who is like, you know, definitely pissed off and is like inches away from like snapping, but is trying not to, you know. And then it hits that point, and then you just get this whole cavalcade of fucking, uh, like this whole spectrum of emotions A that mess. come from him. Yeah. And it is it's a fantastic performance, and it's just it hurts to watch sometimes. I think that's it, the that's that's the thing I want to describe. Uh, that's the thing I I could describe just the best way. It because it. it because it's, it's just like f- part of it just feel like you feel embarrassed for him part of it you feel related you know to him and it's just it you feel so much you know with like the stuff that happens to him and how he reacts to that which just makes for just a powerful performance from him i don't even know because i i can't even remember like i have to look up my uh my letterbox to see what else what other performances i remember from him but it's definitely one of my favorites that i've seen but um, in terms of Felicity Mohawk, yeah, in terms of his performances, yeah, yeah, this is like this is like top three by far. Like this is a this is the kind of performances the, the performances. This is the kind of performance that defines a career. I feel like it's it, it's the kind of performance where you look to and you're like, God damn, what a yeah. fucking what a what an actor, you know? And like and and it, it's a testament to like just like how how much dedication uh Philip Seymour Hoffman has to whatever script he he he's working with you know he really he really dives deep into these characters and he really understands them in in, in such in such a core emotional level that not even Charlie Kaufman not even Charlie Kaufman probably wrote in in on paper he 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 really he really 
he got to the core of that character and he yeah. really and, and, and he really like just showed us a, a, everything he could and uh, that thing i mean that thing what i mean about um him just sh- basically giving off every range of emotion like i i see i everyone i see like in my life i see a part of them inside this character almost you know yeah and it's it, it's so it's so fascinating like i it, it, it's it's crazy to me that 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 some performances and some ideas can be expressed in such a in such a thoughtful way you know which and is on, one on thing, everybody on board yeah which is one thing i to, to tackle off from that one thing i really appreciated from this movie you know like right from coming off from i'm thinking of ending things is that and we'd probably are uh, we'd probably have different opposing views on this but you know i felt like these characters were very much their own character well, I mean, mostly with the case of Felix Seymour Hoffman with with Caden, I felt like Caden was more, you know, in like Felix Seymour Hoffman, you know, was playing more so this own character, his own character than like, you know, say Charlie Kaufman portraying himself through like the characters that he had in uh, I'm Thinking of Ending Things. Or Nicolas Cage literally per- portraying Charlie, Charlie Kaufman. Kaufman in Adaptation. <laughs> you know, the thing that I find really interesting about this, like we talk about like the universality of these relatable feelings and emotions that goes on throughout this movie. And one inter- and the he like Kaufman's interesting to me because he takes that up to another notch by, you know, putting adding in the element of gender into the those discussions cuz you literally yeah. have moments where, you know, uh, like a a woman is playing uh cuz the play is based off real people in his life and some of the male parts in this play are actually played by women and through that whole like through those choices you see that like you know obviously all these all these feelings all these emotions you know they are universal it doesn't really have this in a way for lack of a better phrase it's kind of genderless no know? that gender fluidity is a theme that like again that was expressed in in I'm thinking of anything or gender that was fluid, a, yeah 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 that that, that um that um that that's a theme that's definitely uh, expressed in in I'm thinking of ending things. It's definitely here in big aspects like uh Phyllis, Caden Caden's character. Um, he there there are moments where he, um his wife thinks that that he's actually their maid that's been cleaning their their oh, house yeah, for Ellen, long period and, and long then there's periods. a whole thing yeah and then there's a whole thing with um uh, he can't pee with people around. That and like thing. that other that other thing of um, him having like a gay lover or something like that, but it's not him, technically. Although it kind of is him. I don't know. Uh, quick, quick things here. I really like. Do you want to talk about really, the the New yeah, York? Let's talk. I want to get into spoilers now. That's why. So okay, I, yeah. look, I really like the movie. I think. Uh, you guys should probably check out Being John Malkovich or I'm Thinking of Ending Things First before this one, in my opinion, because this is a very dense and, like, um, n- uncomfortable is not the right word, but, like, difficult in a sense, that for lack of a better word. Hard to it, swallow. It, it's a hard, it's a film that's hard to swallow because it, it's dealing with some subject matter that is just very, very sensitive, very, you know, you know, hard to watch sometimes. Not in, not, it's disturbing, not in the aspect of like it's gory or anything. It's disturbing no, in the it's aspect where it's too real. It's not, yeah. No, yeah, it's disturbing. It's too real. That's what it is. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. That's a better way to put it. Uh, I really like this movie. It's a really incredible performance by Philip Seymour Hoffman. Uh, another really good showcase of Charlie Kaufman as a writer and director. 
and yeah, after I'm definitely gonna think about this movie more. I I implore fuck. you to <laughs> I implore you to come back to it. Like, yeah, maybe like later down yeah, the line when it, when it gets back on Netflix, so I'll, I'll I'll give it another shot. I'll probably mm-hmm. I'll definitely try to watch a lighter movie right now because going off of two fucking Charlie Kaufman movies, it just. And I'm Melissa. Like, let's go. <laughs> you know what? I would have been. I would have said yes, but now going after right, like immediately getting after this, I'm I I'm gonna watch some finish some. I'm gonna watch that finish some Ferb movie first or something like that before <laughs> I would get I'll get into a fucking anomalous. I need I need some comfort food before yeah. you know swallowing the hard pill of life. You know what I mean? So spoilers. Yeah, I I really I really liked it. And you, uh, your like quick spoiler free thoughts. I mean, what more so, yeah. could I say? What more could I say? It's one of my favorite movies of all time. It, all it right. it's 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 yeah. What more could I say? One of my favorite performances ever. Some of the, one of the best scripts. The the editing is top tier. The directing, cinematography, uh, set design, almost every single aspect of this movie I could come back to. It's a, it's a movie I could watch a million times, and and it and and it's it holds up the sentiment I I I, I mentioned uh, not too long ago where it's a film where I feel where you realize halfway through that the film is watching you. <laughs> yeah. Like and that that sentiment is carried over with all of his films. So yeah, more spoilers. Let's get into spoilers. All right. All right, so I think the biggest the biggest thing to talk about in this man, movie would be man, what a fucking hard like what a hard ending, man. That hurts. I know, and, God, and, and you talk and you say and you fucking say that I'm thinking of ending things has like a really fucked up ending. This is way more fucked up compared to that one. It does. No, it really does. Like it, it's it's it, it's just it's very grim. It's the yeah. for it's it's the realization that life meant nothing, and it's. Oh, it's 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 it talk about hard pills, man. Hard pill, hard pill to swallow. Especially um, with that comment, with that motif, where it's just like, I have a new idea, I have a new idea for the show, I have a new idea for the show, and then literally just death, die. Like the voice literally comes into frame, die, <laughs> and that's, that's it. The th- and that, that hurts. Like, oh, that car- oh. and that carries over the theme of, of like just like trying to like trying to like trying to make your life better than what it is, and always trying to like change different aspects of it but like sometimes it, it's, it's almost too late yeah it could be too late at times and like if you and if you're not if you're not there in the moment like you mentioned before like if you're not there appreciating what you have right now then then it could just go away from you it, and it just gets away let's talk about new york let's talk about the 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 new york stadium oh yeah okay. wait one sec yeah by the way this has to be his most expensive film right God damn, because that set is Im- impressive. Well, I know. Look at. Well, I know it was a financial failure. Um, oh, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> uh, as it is with most Charlie Coffin films, uh, it's a twenty million dollar budget, God. and it made a four point five in the box office. How much is that? Oh wow! How much is that compared to I'm thinking of ending things? I'm thinking of ending things. I'm positive it's a much smaller budget. Yeah, for uh, sure, it has to be. Um. I'm thinking of anything's budget. Uh, I can't find it anywhere. Probably not. Uh, not information released yet. Can't find it anywhere. Maybe, but yeah, I it's it in terms of set design. Oh my god, it's immaculate. It's just, beautiful. Oh yeah, it's it's it, no, it's gorgeous. And like just just the idea of just putting everything like in like in in the stadium and like just making your own world out of it. Some iconic fucking cinematography, dude. Yeah. Some crazy fucking shots. 
Like that, that like blow my fucking mind. And then this the makes scenes, me want to read. Yeah. Um, this makes me no, it's not read. This makes me want to watch uh, Dogville from Lodge Ooh, Doc, Oh yeah, Dogville. Oh yeah, because of just a, how like yikes, that's that, another that, one. <laughs> no, I know, but like that whole idea of just like setting in this fake li- life, this fake town, through you know this th- these like immaculate set pieces and set designs and this giant stadium, which I find really funny. The concept of that is super fucking funny to me. Where it's like, the, oh, we have this giant piece of land that nobody uses and it's abandoned. Uh, what do you want to use it for? I, I want to make a play for this. Oh, okay. About what? <laughs> Everything. Everything, but, yeah. Okay. It now, looks like the Star Labs um, like basement <laughs> from the Flash show. <laughs> now, that concept of him constantly like just recreating his life and reflecting his life through the work. And it gets so meta to the point where his... His play makes its own play, and then so on and so forth, and it keeps on going after that. You can't There's be with a, this hot. Ha- we can't be with this Hazel. You have to be with the act, the other Hazel I signed for you. Here's something crazy. There's <laughs> different points in the movie where, okay, let's say Philip Seymour Hoffman, Caden. Let's say that Caden and um and another character and um another character in the film. Let's say they had a conversation and they had a uh they had an argument right before the scene, right before the scene so like you know in context of movie, we didn't see the argument happen but we see them already like kind of like kind of pushed away from each other and they kind yeah, of we like see the aftermath of the argument. we see the aftermath they're just kind of disconnected from each other and then in the background and like if you know notice closely to the set it's that argument that actually happened prior yeah, yeah. It's, and it's actually playing in real time and it's just like reinforcing that tension between you know it's, what just happened it's showing you what happened prior it's showing you what happened prior to like that scene and it's it just gets more and it gets like it starts getting even more meta like that there's a a, a very very specific scene in the movie when i when it when it connected and i finally realized i'm like when you realize what it was when what i think it was going for that made me completely fond love it's the scene in the movie where he starts crying and then he puts the teardrops in his in his eye sockets. Do you remember that? Yeah. What if this version of Philip Seymour Hoffman of the Caden character is, is an actually actor? an actor? Is actually an actor. And Philip Seymour Hoffman, like like you know whoever it is, he's just a, another one of the long line of actors. And the original Caden is directing, you know directing just a d- another version another of new version york of himself yeah yeah i, I mean and that's I heavily that. implied that's heavily implied through the yeah. course of the movie i could i could see that but you know given the fact that we just like follow caden through his old age you know we just see him go through like his basically and that's our reenacted adult life that's a reenacted yeah. play that's a heavy true true but like the way i see uh that's an interesting implication, honestly. But the and way I saw it, I there. just kind of see it's that there. it's just like it just kind of happened, and like he's still like living his own life through these things. But yeah, that's an interesting. That's that's actually a really interesting point. It's oh, super yeah. deep. It's super yeah. fucking deep, dude. Like like when you read, it's like the movie's so fucking meta that the movie you're actually watching isn't the isn't the. Movie. It's not a movie. It's, it's not the it's real not movie. movie. <laughs> the real story isn't actually happening. Like there, like the story we're watching is actually a reenactment of the real story. It, I figure. I figure <laughs> that happens with. I assume that happens with adaptation, at some point. Ad, okay, well, adaptation. It, okay, well, yeah, kind of, because adaptation is a movie about it. It's a, it. 
adaptation it's a movie that's writing itself fucking a wow. yeah yeah I, I i don't want to get into that guy's mind but man it I, dude, me, the, the, when the, I realized that, it oh my god, it completely just sunk in how much I love this film. I I was having a hard time trying to like understand what the movie was trying to say, up until the point where I got to the first realization where uh, old old Caden and old uh, Hazel finally make amends and you know embrace each other as as uh, as a couple as lovers. And I immediately am reminded of the fact, like, it's, uh, honestly, to me personally, that whole sequence, and especially that last night they have together in in the house, in the burning house, which I find fucking funny. Yeah. But, uh, that's like the only, quote unquote, good, uh, feel good scene in that whole film. Basically. Because it's, because it's basically the only moment where Caden is not, you know, tying himself to the past. And trying to reca- like rekindle something that isn't there anymore, or find something that isn't there anymore, and seeking out um, uh, Catherine Keener, and seeking out his daughter, his other daughter, and seeking out Michelle Williams and his daughter that he can't remember isn't her name, and like finally just embracing the present, finally embracing the the ta- like the life that he finally can have in the present day, in the moment, with this person that also loves him and is also there in the moment. And, and I find it violently. really funny that yeah, and then it's and like it's also like like horrifying, uh, horrifyingly juxtaposed with yeah, with Sam, uh, it, that's his name, right? With Sam, it's Sam, the 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 actor who plays him, the one who it's follows Tom him? Noonan. Yeah, it's Tom. Yeah, the one who follows him first. Oh yeah, he's gives a, by the way, the he, he's in the background it, almost in the entire movie. No, I know, I see that, I see that, yeah. and I find that so fucking funny to me. Where it's like there are shots where you don't realize you he's there. Life. Yeah, I've been yeah. following you your whole life. I know you more than you know yourself. And he's like, you're hired. <laughs> oh, no, uh, Sammy. Yeah. I, I, I find that really... And it's funny how it's like horrifyingly juxtaposed with Sammy jumping out of the building and saying, you finally did it! You did it, Caden! I can die now! <laughs> he fucking just jumps. I mean, okay, and yeah... Part of me thought to... that he was already... Part of me thought that Caden was already dead, too, at this going point. Back... And all this was just a fantasy in his head in the final moments of his life. Where going back like, to like that... I didn't <laughs> jump. I didn't actually jump, but he probably actually did. That yeah. meta-ness of like the film, how like it just keeps like, kind of folding back on each other. Like if he didn't create, if he didn't create the, the if he didn't create the play, he would have like murdered himself. And he, if he, and it, if he would, if he didn't create the 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 play and he committed suicide, he would have never hired the hired that guy to save him. And he, and, and like the only reason, like it's just it all folds like on top of each other dude it's ins- it, it's oh my god it's I, fucking wild man it, it it really is like it like it, it makes my head hurt like thinking about yeah. it and like okay uh yms your movie sucks the um, i i know i saw the video i, yeah. I saw the videos about it yeah uh, the genius of synecdoche new york it's a few it's a few parts it dives deep into like a lot of like what like Charlie Kaufman's going for and what he interprets he's going for. And Charlie Kaufman himself said that yeah, it's it's good stuff. Like he interviewed Charlie Kaufman, and like oh really Interesting. yeah he he interviewed Charlie Kaufman for uh, Anomalisa. It, it was oh, wow. Charlie it was Charlie Kaufman and Duke Johnson. And uh, YMS is like okay, so I have to ask, did you watch my video? <laughs> and then Charlie Kaufman started laughing. He's like yeah, it's pretty good. It's really insightful. It's nice. like. Oh, that's it's awesome. like, can you imagine that like oh, that's, that's amazing that would be yeah, fantastic dude but 
yeah, I highly recommend those videos because it's it, it's an extreme deep dive, and he's not finished with them. He he's oh, not really? finished. With he's them. still making more. Oh yeah, he's been. All right, oh he's, wow. Yeah, wow. yeah, no. He started making these videos, the Synecdoche, New York uh, analysis videos, back in um, twenty. It's five years ago, so back in twenty fourteen, December thirty first, twenty fourteen, and he and right now he is on. I believe he's on part five right now. God, he's on he's on part five, and he's basically going through the entire movie, and he's current and like he's not even like. He's not even finished with the film. He like, he he's still going through all of it and 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 just picking out it, you know, everything he can, and like, he's noticed that like the more time he takes between uh the parts of Sinatra New York, the more he's the more he his life. Okay. no the more he realizes he 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 picks up on different aspects and okay. like the more experience he gains as like a person he notices in in this movie. So it's almost like it's like leveling up in life. You know how like in games you have to like level up to unlock certain yeah, things. Yeah, you f- you find something. Yeah, it's it comes with age. You find yeah. something newer as you get older. I and I, I was I was under the assumption he was going just going to end up making some sort of meta narrative and then like basically just he has make a movie basically. about him. Yeah, basically make a movie about him talking about Synecdoche, New York and how that's reflecting his life. No, he he like <laughs> he's talked about it like on his stream, like yeah. uh, how how meta it's gotten, like like <laughs> w- with how long it's taken to like make these videos, and like yeah, bro, I highly recommend uh to watch that little series after you watch uh after you watch the film, um yeah, man, uh I don't know if if there's anything else you want to talk about. Well, well I mean, this film. with this uh. It's really funny, fucked up. Like, <laughs> this was labeled a comedy on YouTube movies when I rented it, and I mean, it's not wrong because <laughs> even though, like, a comedy in broad terms is defined as like a series of really fucked up things that happen, and a lot of really fucked up things happen in this, where it's like, imagine, first of all, Catherine Keener playing another piece of shit. <laughs> another one, yeah. <laughs> She's a, really good a, at that. Just another, just another good, awful human being twofer. With uh, Catherine Keener's characters in Charlie Kaufman films, but she like her leaving hi- her leaving Caden and taking uh, their daughter Olive with them, and Olive ending up as a sex worker, giant Model. tattooed, modeled lesbian or bisexual woman, and like he and and Caden is like slowly seeing this unfold. And uh, I think like uh, bisexual. I think she. I think like she's also in a relationship with with her mom's uh, girlfriend. Yeah, no, she's in a relationship with Maria, Jennifer Jason Lee's character, yeah. which is like super even fucked. more fucked up. <laughs> and everybody's like, "Yeah, what's wrong?" Like, 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 fucking. Uh, Kaden's literally freaking out. She's Charlie a Kaufman, four year old. Char- she's Charlie a four year old. <laughs> Charlie Kaufman hated cuties before the idea ever came up of cuties being made. <laughs> The amount of uh, insight, the crazy. amount of foresight Kaufman has, bro. <laughs> it's fucking, it's it's wild, and just you know everything that happens with him and Hazel. Like, I, you know what? When it when they first had sex, I felt more sympathy for Caden at that instance. But I look back at it now, like even as I just rewatched, uh, even as I just got off this first uh, you know viewing of it, I look back at that first sex scene between him and um, him and Hazel, and I feel bad for Hazel. 
Because, no, 100%. No, because the reason I, the, like, you know, the reason I, I, I see it this way, but the reason why I think he cries so much is because he wants to go back to the simpler, simpler life that he had with, um, with Adele, with uh, Catherine Keener's character, and Olive, and just go, and, and is he's basically ignoring the fact that he has a perfectly good set of circumstances in front of him. No, yeah, hundred percent. Like the intentions are definitely like completely different. Like Hazel is there to find a connection with like with Caden, start something new, while Caden is just using Hazel to like fill the void, and like and it obviously like it, it again going back to like just like not being in the present and realizing what you have now. Like he loses such a he loses such a grand opportunity for him. Like in in the long run, and he looks back and at when that the moment he his... finally gets it, she dies the next day. And it was too late. It was yeah. it was all too late. And it just sends it, it basically just it kind of just solidifies the fact that like I I I'm it's too late for me. It's basically like too late for me. And even when he yeah. had hope for another idea, it was gone. Yeah. And it's, it's yeah, That's dude, crazy. it's no, and, and, dude. You, and you already get that foreshadowing when his dad dies, too. Yeah. You hear that monologue of just and which is a lovely shot, by the way, of his silhouette on top of the crazy. Yeah. Uh, like right behind his his bed. Where, but it's just that whole monologue of him like he's riddled with cancer and he didn't even know. And he's sitting there on his deathbed saying all these, uh, you know, saying about talking about all the things that he regretted in his life, calling out for Caden's name. And what, what was the line? It was the saddest and longest deathbed speech ever is what his mom said. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Who also gets shafted pretty badly too? She's like, "Fuck, man!" Like, Katie can't catch damn a it! Break. Like, this is the reason why I don't watch Manchester by the Sea a second time because I don't want to experience those really fucked up, sad things again. Because it just feels more sad and sad. Yeah, you know? dude. Like... But I understand why it's sad because you know these are naturally, for better or for worse. Obviously, it's a movie and it's portrayed in a different way, but the feelings are all the same. You it's know, life. the feelings of death, the feelings of grief, the feelings of regret and, you know, nostalgia, they're all the same, you know. But if you take those, if you, if, if those are more, if you put those more over the fact of, you know, living and embracing the things that you have right now, you're going to end up living a life that is just feels, will always feel empty, which is why I think even though that ending is so fucked up, <laughs> it's, it's really fucking yeah, sad too. and bleak. But it's it's very realistic and it's a very I wouldn't say satisfying, but it's a very um, accurate portrayal of what a life without me well not without meaning what a life without you know security embracing not even secure I don't know self security security as self as the word a life without you know living in in the in the moment means you know. Everything just feels empty. You're everything feels like you know you have more time to do this one thing, but ultimately you probably won't. And in this case, you definitely don't. You know, which is you know as bleak as it sounds, it's super super relatable. And it's like it's the it's it's the um <laughs> it's the most immaculate uh, ca- uh what's this phrase I have here. Uh, cautionary tale. It's the most immaculate cautionary tale I've seen displayed on film. You know? I love Synecdoche, it. Synecdoche, New York uh, ran so Joker could soar. 
<laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> We're coming up on that one-year anniversary, by the way. Of Joker? Yeah. It's one year of Joker. Let's watch uh, it and rip it to shreds. Okay. No. <laughs> I still think that movie's okay. But yeah, yeah. fuck, man. Synecdoche so in New York is a really, really, really strong movie. I really, really like it. I wanna, I'm going to end up watching Anomalous eventually. That was the... That was... I, you, you know, you've known this from me. This is the, that was the one Charlie Coffin movie I wanted to see out of anything else. I remember you when know? it came out, we were freaking out about it, and I yeah, was like, but I, like I was so, that, I, I was, uh, so, I was literally like going through fucking scourge earth to le- to to find a screening for Anomalisa, but I couldn't find it anyway. That was Back the one that out. I wanted. Like I put that above like John, being John Malkovich and anything else. I didn't even know about Synecdoche in New York at the time, you know. But that was the one that I wanted to watch. I'll give. I I I think I think it's safe to say I should take a little break though from it. Yeah, you know, I'll get back to it eventually. Yeah, yeah. you know, a, a little depression goes a long way. <laughs> I'll bring you right back. It's okay. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great movie. It's I'll fantastic. bring you down the rabbit hole. It's okay. Jesus. It, it was great. I had a really good time with this. I'm glad. Yeah. What are, you, what are we watching? Not a good time. Week? I had a very insightful time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> What are we watching next week, buddy? Well, we're not well. watching a movie next week. That's for sure. Okay. okay. Next week on the show, we're actually doing a two-part discussion on a show on a tv show that i saw earlier this year i didn't want to talk about it that much because i figured i'd put it somewhere down the line for the show and given you know we are two college students that have a lot of shit in our plate uh it's an eight episode series but i might as well you know talk about the first eight episodes next episode uh next episode next podcast and then the following we'd finish off with the final eight episodes of it and we're talking about the fx hulu uh, miniseries created by Alex Garland, Devs, starring Nick Offerman. I've been waiting. I, I've been waiting to like watch them like this show for a minute. So I'm glad we're like finally getting getting behind it. Oh um, man, dude, Nick as Offerman. A, as an, it's literally an eight hour Alex Garland movie, and I couldn't oh, ask for anything uh, else. It's fantastic. Sonayo Mizuno. Oh, from fucking uh, Ex Machina. Yeah, she's uh, Kyoko. And she's also, yeah, yeah. Um, if you remember... She's in Annihilation as well. Yeah, she's the CG alien thing at the end of Annihilation. Whoa! Yeah, what? That's her. Yeah, that was always her. What? It was mocap. Because she's a ballerina. Oh, that's crazy. All right, yeah. that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Fucking yeah. awesome. And Ashton Pill, yeah. That's right. Yeah. She's the main... Um, Kyoko... Uh, can you say her name again for me? I completely forgot. But yeah, Kyoko Sono- from... Yeah. Sonoya Mizuno. Sonoya yeah, she, Mizuno. She's the, yeah. she's the main character in the show. And oh, for those okay. of you, yeah, for a brief synopsis of, you know, people who want to check it out, it's on Hulu, eight episodes, came out like back in March, I want to say. Uh, it follows, uh, it follows this character as suspicious and weird things happen in this tech company that she's working at. And her, the relation, you know, the stuff that happens between her relate uh, her relationship between her and her boyfriend who is working at this top secret facility within the company called Devs and the strange uh Steve Jobs meets God type figure in Nick Offerman's character. Didn't we see the didn't, you mean Ex Machina? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's it's very much it's very much an Alex Garland joint in uh really really good ways and really really fucking crazy ways i i found i honestly i haven't ranked the i haven't ranked any of my shows for this year but this is definitely in the top uh no i'm super excited seen this year it's a fantastic Absol- miniseries it's a yeah eight episodes split between uh split, split between um 
this is just supposed to be this first season. That's it, right? Yeah. Not no, continuing. There's, there's definitely nothing else coming after this. Okay. And cool. I think he's doing another miniseries, but it's not it's not related to devs or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm excited for anything Alex Garden does. So. Oh boy, get ready! This is a fun. You're written and direct every single episode written directed by him, so that's yeah. really fucking cool. Oh, it's gonna be so much fun. I, I really can't wait to hear your take on this. I it's I was thinking about revisiting this at some point, either that or Ex Machina, because I've had that Blu-ray sh- uh, on my shelf for like just collecting dust. So yeah, this is gonna be fun. I'm excited. Yeah. I think we're done. I'm excited. Uh, yeah. No news. Well, I mean, there was Emmy stuff that broke, but we'll talk about that next week. Uh, yeah. Where can we find you, buddy? I think there was. Some, I think there was something that I saw that I wanted to mention, but I can't find it right now. I might. I might find it like, like later, something. I don't know. There's a really funny. There's a really funny video of like of Robert Pattinson doing his accent in The Devil All the Time. I don't know if you saw that. Oh yeah, I did. Where I, he doesn't have a. Di- I, Apparently, he he refused to have a dialect coach or something. <laughs> <laughs> that honestly, fucking I, psychopath. I be surprised by that. <laughs> fucking maniac. I heard that movie's all right. Devil I All the Time. Think, I think. Yeah, I, I heard it was okay. I have no idea. Yeah, I don't fucking know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you can find me. Oh, you can find me on on Twitter at at Calvo and where can we find you, buddy? Uh, you can find me at Summer Old Cruise on Twitter, and you can find the show at um, at American Nerds on Instagram. Uh, we're also on Apple Podcast. Well, obviously, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. We're on most Amazon places Playlist. where you find podcasts. Yeah, most places where you could find podcasts. <laughs> we just got approval <coughs> for Google Play and. Uh, <coughs> Uh, the one that Amazon Alexa has. So yeah, if you want to say, "Hey Alexa, <laughs> listen to American Nerds," we're also on I just Pandora did it for you. I'm on Pandora too. We uh, I I didn't get the email for that, but apparently we. I are. set it I up. Yeah, yeah. It up. yeah, yeah, yeah. We're on Pandora now. So if you want to search yourself on Pandora somehow, I don't even know how that fucking works. I haven't used Pandora since I, like it's middle literally school. been since like 2010. Was yeah. like the last time I used Pandora. That was when it was yep. still like a radio when everything was on shuffle. Back back when I had like an iPod Touch. Oh God, I still yeah. have my iPod Touch. I think I have two because one of them broke. <laughs> yeah, my my actually yeah, I think I remember like one of mine's breaking or some shit. I don't know. Yeah, that's the show. Yeah, we're done now. Y'all yeah. take care. Uh, clean your masks. Wear God, your masks. It's mask. almost two in the morning. Fuck yeah. Me. It's it's two in the fucking morning. It's almost two in the morning. God, I'm glad I ate today. That's good. I need you ate today. lucky. Yeah, <laughs> I had a, I had a, I had a pastelon. You ever had that before, in that bakery by our house in the gas station? Uh, the yeah, the one next by next to the show. Yeah, I mostly go to when it comes to bakery. I mostly go to Isa's Bakery. That's where Isa's I like ain't to bad, go. But that small one's pretty nice. They have a really that's nice the that's the kind of place you go. That's that, the yeah. kind of place you go. Sorry, I'm, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I was just gonna say that that that's the kind of place you go to with a box of pastelitos, like right before a road trip. You know, yeah. like you have to fill up your tank. It's like you know what? I'm gonna buy, I'm gonna buy a box of uh, guayaben queso pastelitos, maybe some croquetas. Well, I mean, it's right there in a gas station, so like you know, yeah. it's literally giving it to you. But yeah. yeah, no, they're 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 pretty good stuff. I can't remember the name of it. I think it's just Cuban Bakery. But yeah, shout out to you, Cuban, Cuban Bakery. Bakery. Yeah, <laughs> peace. You know who you are. But yeah. <laughs> good night, everybody. Y'all take care. Be safe. Good, good night. Good morning. Yeah. Good. Live, live your life now. <laughs> Everybody's everybody. <laughs> everybody is everybody. Nobody's Peace special, y'all. but live your life now. Take care. Jesus Christ. <laughs>